is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. A pleasure to be with you on Tuesday, January 24th. 2023, just 16 days before the NBA trade deadline, and the Utah Jazz smoke the Charlotte Hornets. Here's a question. Why do you hate Gordon Hayward? I don't get it. I personally do not understand the hate that flies around Salt Lake City for Gordon Hayward six years after he left, and you still hate Gordon Hayward. Uh, Did the L.A. Lakers kick off silly season and are the Utah Jazz next? We'll talk about that. Tom Brady melts down. It's going to be amazing. Speaking of Utah Jazz, this show, as always, is presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, The Advocates. Make sure you find them online, theadvocates.com, where you never pay a consultation fee. You never pay a retainer. In fact, you never pay the advocates until they win your case. Make sure you chat with an attorney right now, live online at theadvocates.com. Um, I don't understand this Gordon Hayward thing. Mm-hmm. And I would love to this morning kick off the show talking about why you hate Gordon Hayward so much. Because... He gets booed last night, and everybody on Twitter is talking about how much he sucks, and he's never been the same guy, and he screwed the Jazz, and (coughs) Utah Jazz fans, I don't know if you are just bitter. I don't know if you are just upset, but why why are you still hating on Gordon Hayward? It's something I don't understand, Mm -hmm. and... I was a little taken aback this morning when you showed me, because I didn't see it, right. frankly. Right. I, I don't know where it is. Um, let me find it. This right here. This is from KSL Sports. Tweeting a Gordon Hayward picture that says, thank you, Utah, like being smug about it. Right. Like being, being like, is this really who a, is this really the level that KSL has fallen to number, number one, number two, are we really still this bitter in Utah about Gordon Hayward leaving? Yeah. I mean, I I think people are pissed about it still, which is unbelievable to me considering all that's happened with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And I think that, you know, it just, it it, it is true sports pettiness in my opinion. I, I don't know who handles the Twitter at KSL. I don't know. You know, who who thought that would be a good idea to, to, to send that tweet out? But to me, it just felt petty. It just felt like classic Utah sports media having to pick on the lowest branch it possibly could. You know, like... You couldn't just put up a picture. Like, my biggest problem is you're you're focusing on Gordon Hayward instead of focusing on Walker Kessler, let's say, or Lori Markinen or whoever, whoever's on this roster right now that you really want to turn your attention to. And so to me, it's like, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. I, I, I don't get why we obsess over Gordon Hayward. Like, yeah, dude left. He left in a fashion that people didn't like. And then he was never the same guy. That's how his his career panned out. He had the huge leg injury or ankle injury 
his first game in Boston uh, in Cleveland, right? Like it just it just is what it is. So I don't know why people are so upset about it, but I I was really surprised that KSL lowered themselves to that level, and and frankly, it just reinforces the fact that you have nothing better to do. Uh, then, then pick on old branches, then pick on old, old, uh, narratives and storylines. Like if I'm KSL, I'm focused on the, the new, I'm focused on new players and new, new storylines and exciting stuff. And we won a game. Like it's not that hard, man. It's just not. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm really surprised KSL did that. I, I, I guess I just told KSL to, uh, to a higher standard, you know, like at that, that I'm a little surprised about. I mean, I, I just want to understand. So everybody's upset by like, look at Louis Capasso's comment. Gordon is dead to me at this point. No reason to boo him. Just ignore him for what, 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 why would Gordon Hayward be dead to you? Did he do something different than you would have done? That must be it, right? Because you would never have done what Gordon Hayward did then. Because, holy cow, he's a terrible person who's dead to you. You just said Gordon Hayward is dead to you. Are you you kidding me? This is a guy that gave you a ton of memories and then did exactly what you would have done, and yet he's dead to you. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. I, I don't understand that. Like... And that's the, I guess that's the difference. I mean, I, I, I just don't understand why people are so pissed that he left. It's not like the guy was Michael Jordan or anything. You know, I mean, Gordon Hayward had, like, yeah, Gordon Hayward was an all star, but it's not like he was, he was LeBron or something. It's not like Gordon Hayward is, is, you know, like an all time great or anything. He's a solid little player, mm. but it's not like he's some ridiculous, like, generational talent right like I think we could agree Donnie's better than Gordon Hayward like like there's you know what I mean like I I don't know like was it was it the whole blog post thing or whatever and how that all went down or or what is the and be pissed at Dennis Lindsay for letting Gordon Hayward go to restricted free agency it would never happen if you'd have just paid the guy Boston gave him four years and 128 million dollars averaging 31 point nine five seven million dollars and it's fully guaranteed and you're upset he said yes to that you're upset he said yes to that and if you're not six years ago like and if you're not if it's something different then please explain i I, that's amazing to me that's amazing to me like it, it is when you say things like gordon is dead to me at this point like that means you hate that guy how do you hate gordon hayward one of the genuinely one of the nicest people. How do you hate that guy? Like, how do you say, oh, you're dead to me? If Gordon Hayward walked in here, would you say you're dead to me or would you ask him for an autograph? You can ask him for an autograph. Stop with this. This it, it, You got to get over this. You got to get over this. A, it's the culture of the NBA. All right? It, it, it just is what it is. When Jordan Clarkson leaves and signs a, 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 a pretty decent contract with another team this summer... That is, if they don't trade him, are you going to boo Jordan Clarkson if he doesn't resign here? Is he going to be dead to you? Come on now. Come on now. Like, I I am, I just don't understand this. I'm not telling you how to be a fan. I'm not telling you what to do. 
this is foolish. It's petty. It's yes, yes, it's yeah. it's childish, right? Like yeah, it is. It, it, we need to get. We're a better fan base than this. We are. Salt Lake City is a better fan base than this, in my opinion. And I, I just think it's clearly a bigger issue. If KSL is still tweeting about it, I mean, maybe maybe do we overvalue KSL? Does is KSL not relevant? I, this is shocking to me. The the KSL tweeted this and and. For for what? Like, what do you get out of this? Is this funny? Is this like sarcasm? This is petty bullshit. That's what this is. This is KSL being a fish wrap. That's what this is. This is because it's this is KSL begging for views and likes and wanting to be relevant. That's what this is. It's petty, childish BS. And KSL is better than this. And yet. I'm sure that everybody thinks it's neat, and I know that I'm probably making too much out of this. But. I don't think you are. I, 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 I think it's. I, I think KSL is the biggest ticket in town from a news standpoint, and I think that that you know tweeting a picture like that is irresponsible. It just flat out is. And jazz fans, you need to get over it. You would have done, and this is what you can't get over. You would have done the exact same thing Gordon Hayward did. You would have done it. He didn't abandon you. He didn't bust your ass like you're some, you know, like some girl that he 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 went and cheated on you with your girlfriend. He gave you good years. And then six years ago, he left and signed a massive contract with the Boston Celtics. He's from Indiana. Hello. <laughs> like, are, are you kidding me? It's just not hard to understand. Like, it's not hard to under... He's an East Coast guy. He played at Butler. Yeah. <laughs> right? Do you want... <laughs> well, like, are you serious? They, I, yeah, anyway. Okay, we should stop. Yeah. We should... Do you, Am I making too much of this, everybody? Like, do you, and feel free to tell me I am. Please feel free to tell me I am. I mean, they, they, he's a kid that was born in Indianapolis, played at Butler, and played for the Celtics... I'm going to guess he was a big Larry Bird fan. Mm -hmm. Like, why is it shocking he would go to the Celtics? It's not. No. It, it's not shocking it's not. at all. It, it, it just isn't. You know, like, I agree with Tanner. Like, it's been, it's been, it's been, this is the sixth season. And by the way, he hasn't been the player he was when he was here. No. And when he was here, he was an average player. He wasn't an elite player when he was here. I, I Did he ever average 20 points a season with the Utah Jazz? I highly doubt it. I don't think he I did. I highly doubt it. He I don't a, believe he that high, he did. He was a high teens, 18, 19 a game guy. And by the way, I'm just curious. If Gordon Hayward had stayed here, would you have gotten Donovan Mitchell? No. Who left and now you hate Donovan Mitchell too, by the way. He never averaged... He averaged in his last year in Utah, he averaged 21.9 points a game. In his last year, there you go. And he's never gotten back to that level. Do you feel better? Like, I, I, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, I just, look, I, I, think, that, I think that jazz fans are, there's a, I'm not going to say all jazz fans. I think there's a sect of the fan base that is particularly bitter. I would That's agree with I that. That's what I think. I would agree with that. All right, by the way, by the way, the jazz did win a game last night. So let's see. All right. Like, let's get a couple of comments in here real quick. I'm on pre-workout and doing cardio, a.k.a. I'm wound up. <laughs> well, well, well. I love that. 
See, own your. Mm, that's exactly Boy, right, Capazzo. Exactly right. I'm on pre-workout. Your face is tingling. That's pretty much self-explanatory. That's like one of the greatest answers ever. Uh, Kanai Johnson says, "Damn, y'all still mad at Hayward leaving? <laughs> Cut the umbilical cord and move on." <laughs> exactly. Brett Robbins says, "That's like saying Stockton and Malone was 30 years ago. Get over it." No, it's not. No, it's not. Was he ever Stockton and no. Malone? What no. are you talking? He was an average player, man. And he turned into Gordon Hayward, turned into Donovan Mitchell. What are you talking about, Stockton and Malone? <laughs> like, I'm not talking. To, it would be the comparison is okay, if I was, if I'm just sitting here being a jerk about it, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's Michael Jordan. Get over it. <laughs> You're never getting over Michael Jordan pushing off, not pushing off on. Anyway, the point is flu game, mother. Anyway, what's up, big bro? Yeah, you're never getting over that, right? You're never getting over that. It's average ass Gordon Hayward who promptly broke his leg. Man, get over it. Like you're you're, you're hanging on to this. Like the guy gave you herpes or something. Like you what know. are you? <laughs> what? Oh my god. Anyway. He, wow. he is a Gordon Hayward was an average player when and he was you're a, still pissed, you know, anyway, Gage Carter says not to mention Brad Stevens coach new in college too. Hello. Hello. Like, what are um, we doing? Lopes fan Gabe. When people show you who they are, believe them. KSL clearly is in, isn't better That's than I'm that saying, dude, they're probably, you want to call us YouTube hacks. You got KSL out here picking on stories from <laughs> eight years ago or whatever. Hey, we're is. the hacks on YouTube that almost have 10,000 subscribers, by the way. Yeah. What's going to happen to the hater? Who's like, you guys don't even have 10,000 subs, man. If I knew what, what I was going to fucking do, I don't know. Done it. You know, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what buddy's going to do. Oh, I love it. I don't know. Dude. I don't know. I don't know what this town's gonna do when when we cross that line. What's gonna happen when we have ten thousand subs and you can't be that? Like, you oh. know what? You know what we should do when we cross ten thousand subs. Do you want us to put out a Gordon Hayward tweet? Is that what we should do? I guess. Is that the thing now? One hundred and twenty nine subs to go. It's we're not, at ninety eight. We're at ninety eight seventy one. Because by the end of tomorrow. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Make sure you hit the like button and subscribe. All right, let's move on from this. Let's talk. Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball here on the Monty Show. Your Utah Jazz. While we pound at Gordon's ass. Put it on tape or it didn't happen. Uh, the Jazz 120, the uh, Charlotte Hornets 102. Lori Markkinen leads the Jazz with 25 points and 11 boards. It's a good win. This is exactly what you needed from this Jazz team. Um, I think Laurie Markkinen, again, is proving why he's an all-star. I think he's proving why he's a guy that belongs in that game in his own building, absolutely. Um, and one of the things I thought was so interesting was the lineup mix that Will Hardy used. Because I think you're seeing on a week-to-week -week almost basis, there's a guy who sits in the doghouse, a, a, a different dude every week, it feels like. Yeah. Right now, it's NAW. Nikhil Alexander-Walker can't get off the bench for the Jazz. Um, he comes in last night, and he plays four minutes of, of messy basketball at the end of the game. He's a minus seven, and he <laughs> scores four points. The good news is Doak got in as well. Wow. Yudoka Azubuki, four minutes, no points. He was a minus seven, as was Fontecchio, as was Balmero. 
But right now, what like are you surprised that Nikhil Alexander Walker isn't playing regular rotational minutes? I mean, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I I felt like he earned his spot, but I mean, I I don't know. Clearly, there's a there's a you know a bigger plan, and this is this is you know this could be the impact of the looming trade deadline. I mean, it could be that that NAW is a guy they're going to keep either way, uh, most likely, and so they don't feel the need to play him right now. They they need to play guys and show guys value, you know, and and to me. I, it could be that. It could be that that maybe Hardy saw something on NAW he wasn't a big fan of. I I, I honestly right. don't know. You know, like there's multiple reasons it could be that you don't want to play him. But I, what I can tell you is, I I think NAW is the hardest worker on the team when it comes to in game. I think NAW runs his ass off all night when you do play him, and he works hard on defense. And you know, I I think that NAW has been nothing short of uh, one of the best team guys that that the organization's had in a minute. So to me. I, I, I'm t- I'm sitting here saying, logically speaking, there would be there has to be a reason why NAW is not getting minutes right now when you were just busy running him out there for 25 or 30 a night right. the past two and a half weeks. Like I like, there's clearly a reason. And hey, maybe maybe it's a low key injury. Maybe they're just maintenancing him. I I, I really don't know. But to me, uh, yeah, I, it is a little surprising. You're not you're not playing him more than four minutes. Like, yeah, you know. You know, and I, but I, I look at the rotations, and the thing that really stands out to me as we look at these lineups, obviously Ochai Agbaji has earned minutes. I mean, just on the fact that he is an incredible athlete, his ability to shoot that corner three has clearly gotten him into favor uh, with Will Hardy, and his effort is high. I'm for real. But does that mean that NAW can't play at all? At, at, the answer is I don't think so. But I also think this is the second half of our jazz conversation today. Trades need to happen because mm-hmm. now you have this this kind of log jam. You you've always been guard heavy on this team, right? Now with the addition of THT, obviously Ochai, obviously NAW, and that doesn't even account for the you know the the Mike Conleys and the Threesley or Beasley, whatever you would like to refer to him as. Right. Thanks, Holly. It, yeah, Appreciate it doesn't it. yeah it doesn't account for Malik Beasley. Like you've always been guard heavy on this team. And then you have a guy like, you know, a, a Laurie Markinen who should be playing power forward, but he's much more of a three, right? So it creates these awkward situations in the lineup. I think trades have to happen because no matter how well this team is playing now, no matter what this stretch of home games yields for you, you need guys like Ochai Akbaji to get a, start, a, a, a shot at starting and playing 30 minutes. And if he he proves not to be ready for that, great, reduce him. You need a guy like NAW to make or break on this club because you need to know what you have moving forward because I don't think any of us question Ochai Agbaji is a guy you want to see more from. I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a guy you want to see more from because playing him four minutes or zero minutes a game is not developing him. Send him down to the stars. Let him play it. Let him go play it here at the Mavericks Center. You know, like, let's see him play heavy minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the top end of these guys is, Jake, because I think that's how you figure out development. Yeah, and I, I think they're they're working on finding the balance between developing guys that they know are going to be here and, and, you know, playing guys that they know they want to trade. And, and that's, see, like, that's the Jordan Clarkson conundrum. That's the, the conundrum for, uh, you know, a couple of these guys is, like, you know, if tomorrow Jordan Clarkson suffers a season-ending injury, well, obviously now you can't trade him. You know, so to me, it's like if you're going to sit NAW, then I would be very careful with Jordan Clarkson. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. w- because again, I'm going to die on this hill this year. Like, 
if you don't trade Jordan Clarkson, that's an outright mistake. And I don't care what Ryan Smith thinks about whether you should trade him or not. He's not coming back. You're not going to pay him all that money. You're not paying him 70 plus million dollars. That's just not the right decision for where the, the organization's at. And that's not my opinion, really. That's a pretty much a universal, well-accepted thought that it doesn't make sense for them to re-sign him at that number, at a number that, in my opinion, he deserves to be paid based on what he's done. Yeah. So to me, it's like, yeah, you do need to play these guys and you do need to develop, to develop guys. But I also think when you're inside of 20 days to the deadline, like there is a lot of basketball to be played there. But that's why I say, why is NAW getting four minutes? Is he nursing something and you don't want to put him on the injury report? Is he, is he, has he done something to just fall out of favor somehow, even though I don't even know how that's possible on this team? Like when you're not even playing for championships and there's not that much on the line, you're just well, developing. But I also think that's why you're playing Talon Horton Tucker. I think you're, you're playing him to showcase his value. I think when you look at guys like Rudy Gay, the only explanation for Rudy Gay getting significant rotational minutes is you're trying to showcase him in trade to show that he has Fast. some ability left. Like yeah. you're not playing, you're not playing Rudy Gay because you believe he gives you the best opportunity to win. And if you do, you, Will Hardy should be fired for that because they, they, there, there's nobody that has watched this team play that thinks that Rudy Gay gives you the best opportunity to win. I, I, I have not. And hey. Again, maybe I just don't know basketball, but I think when you look at guys like Rudy Gay, it's pretty clear he does not fit in this system, well, look, and, and he is not getting his best use. He's out. no Gordon Hayward, but he'll but do. He'll I do. Mean, you know what I mean? You like, know. You know. So to me, I mean, it makes perfect sense as to why you would why you would be playing him. But I, yeah, this trade deadline needs to happen. And and in two minutes on this Rory Hachimura situation that everyone lost their mind about yesterday. <laughs> Dude, like the Jazz were never in on on Rui. That just was not ever going to be. Yeah, where a did fit. that where did that come from? That I the don't Jazz know. were one of the 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 first teams in on Rui Hachimura. Are you out of your goddamn mind? We told you the day that that news came out, the Jazz were not in on him. They're not going to pick up a questionable player who's had subpar performance that is going to need to be extended this. Y'all feel me? That's not who you're going to bring in to play power forward for no. you. So I I think. It was very clear from the beginning they were not in on that. It makes perfect sense for the Lakers. They don't need him to be a star. Frankly, if he gives them 10 points and 7, 8 rebounds a night, he, they're going to be a much better team for it. So I think he's a great fit for the, the Lakers. I don't think he's a good fit at all for the Jazz. And the thing that's so funny about like the Jordan Clarkson conversation, I think it's awesome that nobody is reporting that oh hey he's gonna he's gonna re-sign with the Jazz. I think everybody is acutely aware that when he when he opts out this summer, he will not re-sign with the Jazz. And my guess is that they will wind up trading him. Yeah. I mean we we have talked about this for weeks on end now that he told them I'm not going to talk about an extension because <laughs> it 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 will cost me money to do that. And you're not talking about a little bit of money. You're talking about between 20 and $30 million in total comp if he signs an extension today with the Jazz. That he is just leaving 20 to $30 million on the table. Yeah, That's insane money. And the Jazz are not in a position to offer him... I don't even think you could justify paying him $60 million. Listen, it's one of two things. Like, the reality is you're either going to trade him 
and get some value back, or he's going to hit the open market, right? You want to talk about Gordon Hayward? This is the same conundrum you were in with Gordon Hayward. Yes, it was. Like, let's not sugarcoat it, right? Gordon Hayward averaged in that last year, like we told you, 21 points, I think it was, that we said. And you didn't want to pay him, Dennis Lindsay. Now, I know Dennis Lindsay's long gone, different, different front office. We're in yeah. a different world now, right, as far as the Jazz are concerned. But funny, same situation, right? We all love Jordan Clarkson. He's everyone's All-American. He's a sweetheart. The owner of the team, Mr. Utah, tweeted about Jordan Clarkson and not trading him. And he tweeted about Joe Ingles and not trading him, right? But the reality is you're not going to sign this guy to that kind of, of deal. And he's not going to give you a team-friendly deal. So that's why I say when I see... Um, you know, big names like, you know, Mark Stein out there or any of the names that you want to look at talking about, hey, well, everyone's basically open, you know, they're open for business on basically everybody except Lori and Walker. That does make perfect sense. But I agree with you. It's funny. No one's talking about Jordan Clarkson. And why is that? Because he's he's going to hit free agency. Like he's going to yeah. do that. And I think this hesitancy around trading for him I think is proper, and I think it's correct unless you're that those three teams that are going to compete for uh, a Larry O'Brien trophy this year. And I also think this is why they're struggling to get a first-round pick for Jordan. I mean, it, it he is going to opt out, and he is going to get paid. And I don't, I don't believe that a contender is going to pay Jordan Clarkson $60 million. But if you're a contender, and this has always been my thing, I agree. You're not going to pay the guy $60 million if you're a contender, but that's not the ask. Danny's not asking you to pay $60 million. Danny's asking you to pay for half a season. No, but but I, if you trade for Jordan Clarkson, mm -hmm. and let's say my, Miami comes up a lot, I think Atlanta would love to have him, let's say Milwaukee. So you trade for Jordan Clarkson, you can make that deal work, You you know, salaries, et cetera. You don't have the cap space to re-sign him over the summer. Are you really going to commit $60, $70 million to Jordan Clarkson for three years? He's going to wind up getting a deal from a second-tier team who's going to overpay to bring him in. My name is Luca. I, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see. Like, Dallas is very interesting because Dallas has a lot of needs. It's why Dallas is interested in guys like Malik Beasley. Mm -hmm. um, I, they, they need, like Milwaukee, absolutely should be interested in Jordan Clarkson and Malik Beasley, and I know they want Malik Beasley. I've heard that repeatedly because they need perimeter shooting. Yet, you're not going to extend Jordan Clarkson in the summer even if you do trade for him. It doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, you need Jordan Clarkson. That's the guy you need off the bench. And by the way, are you really paying... 60, 70 million dollars for a six man because that's how 99% of the NBA values Jordan Clarkson. Mm -hmm. The Utah Jazz are that one team that believes Jordan Clarkson should be starting. And I'm telling you now, he's a six man on, it's, it's on any championship team. He's a six man. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I, I think that it is, it is very telling. The conversation's taking place across the league right now. I just think it's this this dynamic around Clarkson so interesting to me because I, I get it. Giving up a first-round pick for half a season with JC as a championship contender, I get it. Like, that's not great basketball business, right? Like, if you just said, okay, hey, w w you know, it's going to take a first-rounder 
you know, to go ahead and get this six man who's going to come off the bench and give us 20, maybe even 30 on any given night, mm -hmm. right? That's not great basketball business, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm on an Island on this one. I just feel like if I'm Milwaukee or I'm Brooklyn, let's say, or I'm any of these teams that are like right there and need just a little more to get over the top. I feel like if I said, Hey, Hey, give me a first round pick and here's a Larry O'Brien trophy. You're doing that. I think Brooklyn would be a phenomenal fit for Jordan Clarkson. Right? Like, like it is it that's a that's one of those deals that's absolutely a no-brainer. And, and you're telling me that if he went to Brooklyn, let's just say, as an example, and we're not saying that he's going to Brooklyn, but just as an example, if he went to Brooklyn and he had all this success and he won a championship and then he hit free agency, you're telling me that, that the Nets wouldn't have a better chance to Ooh. to re-sign him? I mean, come on, dude. Like Let's not let's not play silly. The guy wants to win, but he also wants to be paid. So that's why I say, I get it for ninety nine percent of the league. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I maintain my opinion is for those couple of teams, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jesus Christ destroys Marxism, which you got to change that name. Uh, the reports have said they will have enough to pay him by next summer. There are no reports that have said he they'll have enough to pay him by next summer because reports don't say that they're gonna have cap space. It's not a matter of, oh, the Jazz won't have the cap space. They're going to have the space. But you're a rebuilding team. You're going to pay a 31, about to be 32-year-old, $70 million in non-championship in a non-championship window. Come on. that You're saying that's what – because he's going to get a – I think he's going to get offers between 22 and $24 million next summer in free agency. And by the way, the second half of his comment is even more – Jordan Incorrect. is open and understands the business and wants to work a deal with Utah. Nobody that's not has true. Nobody has reported that because that's not the case. That's not the case. Don't play intramurals, brother. Jordan Clarkson has never said, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to wait till the summer." And so let me get this right: you're a pending free agent, the last contract of your career, likely, and you're telling people that, "Hey, yeah, I'm just going to stay here in Utah and I'm gonna I'm going to negotiate a contract with the Jazz." I understand it's a business, uh, but I'm going to stay in Utah. <laughs> Guy, he's, that's not what he said ever, anywhere. Jordan is open and understands the business, wants to work a deal with the Utah Jazz. No. He's never said that. Never, not one time. In fact, it's quite the opposite. He knows the business of the league, and that's why he's going to get paid. Which is why he said he's open to a trade to a contender. With all due respect. And he's essentially asked to be traded to a contender. Yeah. I mean, I, it's stuff like this that wrecks NBA like there <laughs> where do you even these get Rui Hachimura reports this is the perfect example of this it's Twitter guy who's like oh the Jazz are first in on Rui Hachimura no because they were not garbage. no they were not and we told you as much on this show yeah to at least use common sense apply common sense to this comment right here yeah it, it makes no sense uh, Lewis says, Monty, there are so many non-PG-13 comments that can come from uh, that pounding his... Yeah, hmm, yeah. There is. I, I know. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Mark uh, Hale says, the Jazz have too many guards to play everybody. I would agree they do. They are very guard heavy. Me and my nephew saw Dax Milne and his quote-unquote girlfriend while standing in line for food at the game. Nice. <laughs> nice. I like it. Uh, Hip says, there are more upset about how he left people are more upset about how he left but so you're upset about a blog post that leaked early so that had nothing to do with gordon <coughs> by the way 
<clears throat> so you'll remember Gordon Hayward was going to the Celtics. Gordon Hayward penned a blog to say, essentially say goodbye and, hey, here's what I'm doing. And it was published early. Um, and you, that's what you're upset about. What, are you really six years later? You, you still are upset about you that. You know what people are saying, though. They're saying, hey, it was his blog post, his problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it wasn't. Do you really think, A, these guys write their own blog posts, and B, do you think they really run their own blogs? Uh, Lewis says, NEW with time will be a person to watch out for. Agreed. I think he's a bench guy. I think he's a guy off your but bench. He's solid, I don't bro. know that he is, but I don't think he ever projects to be an NBA starter. No, I don't I know don't. that he's a starter, but but there's listen, the teams that win championships have to have a good bench. You have to have that guy that comes off the bench and makes a difference. Yeah. Uh Anton says, I think Bronny can go to any college he wants to. All I have to do is pick up the phone. Why are people so why does this matter? This is it, it, apparently you say people are all pissed about this. I say Yeah, they're upset for a couple of reasons. I mean, people People, one, are not amused that that Bronny has basically a fast track or an easy button to go to any school he wants. And to that, I say, you're just, that's a, that's a you problem because that's how athletes work. I mean, no, the, to that, I say, go learn to play basketball then. Go be the basketball player that Bronny is, and you too can go to any school you want. Pay for your kid to get LeBron's DNA and then train his ass off and have knee surgery and go through it. I why do we hate successful people so much? I at this I don't understand. Uh Anton says LeBron could call Nike in Oregon and Bronny would go to Oregon starting quarterback. Well okay, great. What is this a problem though? Well, I think Anton is laughing about this. I don't think Anton's actually mad about it, but I do think there are people who are salty about it. I think that yeah, people don't like, you know, people but this is Gordon Hayward. You you there is not somebody in this chat or on this planet. Certainly not in this state who would say, no, I wouldn't have done what Gordon did. Okay, tell me how you would have handled Gordon Hayward leaving to the Boston Celtics differently. NBA free agency is a process, man. And I, I, to me, I would have done the exact same thing. That's life-changing money. He'll never have to worry about him breaking his leg. His money's guaranteed. 120 plus million dollars. Mm -hmm. You're saying no to that. When the um, Jazz said to him, ah, go, go test the market. When the Jazz said to Gordon Hayward in restricted free agency, yeah, we just don't believe that. Yeah, we don't think there's a market out there for you. Go ahead. You understand what restricted free agency is, right? You get that, right? Hey, like, go test the market. If you get an offer, we get the chance to match it. Why like, would you allow him to do that? And then once you did, you know, like re-sign him in restricted free agency, did you really think he wasn't going to take that personally? Um and then the kid from Indianapolis, you don't think wants to go play in Boston where Larry Bird played? And if you take Larry now. out of it, it's the Boston Celtics, bro. Yeah. Like, with all due respect. Yep. Uh, Tanner wants to know uh, if Jesse Harsh asked Dax if they're still friends with Zach. Yeah, that's the first thing that would come to my mind. Uh, Eric hey Hawk says, why are Jazz fans mad at Gordon? One, the manner in which he left, not that he left, kept the Jazz and free agent free agency hostage for 72 hours. So again, I'm just asking you, what would you have done differently? Bonnie, please. That's the process in the NBA, man. That's the that's the process. I, I like how I like how the 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 idea is he kept them hostage for 72 hours. Bro, you got guys out here keeping organizations quote hostage for months on end. Like 72 hours? Like 
Really? And by the way, come on now. Come on. Uh, a, they knew the Jazz knew what was going on in those 72 hours. They there was no keeping them hostage. <laughs> they knew he was going to Boston. Keep they knew real. for likely they knew the day that season ended that he was not coming back. And then when he got his contract from Boston, do you really think they just don't talk to the Jazz or do you think like the Jazz knew what was happening? There was no hostage taking. Yeah. And by the way, he didn't make it official for if it was 72 hours. I don't remember exactly. Should he make it official before he puts pen to paper or before all the details are worked out? No. Nah. Come on. Serious, like, are you being serious? Like, you you welcome back Darren Williams with round applause. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious, The bro. guy that sent Jerry Sloan into retirement. <laughs> you, you gave him a standing ovation. You don't... And by the way, the, the, speaking of John and Carl, do we just forget who Carl Malone is as a human being? Wow. Oh, and the fact that he went and signed with the Lakers and tried to to snatch Kobe's wife? Like, we just um, forget all that. Oh, but it was stocked in the alone. What are you talking about? Uh, we have to play JC to squeeze out any value he has left in the trade market. His expiring contract is not something exciting for a new team. No, I think it's a problem. I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a problem. Uh, Robert Lambert said, I'm not sure I understand Jake's take on Clarkson. He says he deserves to be paid $70 million-ish, but at the same time, we should trade him. Why not wait and pay him and keep him if he deserves the money? Uh, that's not what I'm saying, dude. Not at all. I think the issue is with Jordan Clarkson. If you're the Utah Jazz, do you want to pay a 71 year old guy or a 31 year old guy who's going to be 32? You want to pay that guy 70 million dollars for three years, and by the time he's done, he'll be in his age 35 season. His market value is that. You need to just understand that. That is what he could go to free agency and get paid by another team in the league, right? I'm not saying they should pay him. I am in team trade JC. That's where I'm at. You should trade him because his contract is expiring. What what I'm a little different on, just in my opinion, and my thought is that I think there are select few teams where it makes sense to give up that first-round pick that you might have to go ahead and get a rental in Jordan Clarkson for half a season to bolster your team for a playoff run and really for a championship run. That's where I think for like two to four teams that makes sense. For 99% of the league, dude, 99% of the league is hoping that that the Jazz don't trade JC and he hits free agency because then, I think so. then they can get after Buddy and say, hey, we'll, we'll, we got cap space. We'll, oh, they're paying you 75, let's say. Well, we're happy to bump that to 77. Right? And there's going to be this bidding war, and Jordan's going to benefit from that. So I'm saying, hey, the Utah Jazz are essentially a rebuilding team that needs to be really smart with their cap and really effective with the trades they make. And re-signing someone who's in his 30s at the backside of his career, who's clearly not a fit for a rebuilding team, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's where I'm at on it. Yeah, I think you're crazy. If you're a Jazz fan, and... You, and you want the Jazz to roll the dice on Jordan Clarkson in free agency. You're crazy. For such a smart person, you really are lost, aren't you? Uh, that I don't understand because you're going to be pissed either way. If they don't trade him, 
and they gamble on free agency and he walks, you're going to hate Jordan Clarkson, I would guess. I mean, because you unrealistically hate Gordon Hayward. So I would assume that you will unrealistically hate Jordan Clarkson. If they trade him and he does not resign this summer, at least you got a first round pick for him, I would assume. Like I, this is, these are those situations, man. I don't know. I feel like there's a little saltiness in the air this morning. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think that there clearly is. I think that people see Gordon Hayward and all of a sudden they turn into villains. Like I, I, which I just don't get. Yeah. Uh, Anton says, I'm not salty about it. Bronny is a hell of a basketball prospect. And the fact that he's LeBron's son doesn't hurt. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Anton, he, you're not, I get it. You're not salty about it. I understand, dude. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Alex Cooley says, I have a feeling JC isn't going to get traded and he just leaves in free agency. My, again, I will tell you, every time I've talked to a source about this, he is going, they are, they are going, they are trying to trade him. The issue is that they cannot currently, with over two weeks to go before the trade deadline, they haven't been able to get a first round pick for him. Yeah. And I think they're they're probably a lot more focused on Malik Beasley because Beasley is the hottest guy on the trade market. Yeah. I don't think their trades are out there to be made. I mean, the Lakers deal with Washington proves that. And there are teams that are going to be more aggressive than others. I think the Lakers are one of those. The Phoenix Suns, I'm told, don't want to give up a first round pick right now. Well, then you're probably not going to make a deal. The Suns are a team that needs to make a deal, at least. A deal, at least. And one, I think it's a little nervy that we have not gotten much of an injury update on Devin Booker. That's a little little scary to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I agree with what Monty Williams, and I I think I even got kind of ass-chewed on this. When Monty Williams says it's his fault, I overused him. I didn't give him rest. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think it's, it is one of those things. And look at that. Look at what Mark Stein is reporting. I think Mark Stein listens to the Monty show. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Mark Stein's reporting the Suns have started to assess their future without Chris Paul. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, they oh, have identified man. Terry Rozier, Emmanuel Click, Quickly, and Fred Van Vliet as uh, potential trade targets. So they're not, yeah. So all that means, what that really, that has nothing to do with Chris Paul. You know what that has nothing to do with? Nothing to do with Chris that Paul. That has to do with new ownership change. Hey, we're not, this is not the year. We're not going to rush book back. We're going to play for next year. We're going to be smart yes. about this. We're going to be patient. And we're going to work this out. And, and see, that's what I'm telling you guys. Like, don't get hung up on... Ruri Hachimura garbage. That yeah. is, don't stop. Like, just let that go, man. Those are all smoke screens, like, dude. Like, I'm telling you guys, Phoenix and Atlanta are the two teams that if the if the Jazz are going to hit a home run, right? It, hear me clearly because I don't want this to get twisted when trades go down. If the Jazz are going to hit a home run and get an A-plus rating on this, on this trade deadline, the Hawks and the Suns are the two teams that that they need to lay down in bed with because those three, all three of these organizations have initiatives and goals that they can help each other with and the money works. So to me, it, when you start getting, Hey, our future without Chris Paul tweets, that kind of tells you where that organization is at on top of the ownership thing on top of the book injury. It makes sense, man. Well, and I think we talked about this at length a couple of weeks ago now, that Chris Paul is is a guy that they recognize as a problem. And 
what I think what what this tells you is is exactly how many times have we talked about this related to Chris Paul that they're concerned about Devin Booker's long-term future with the with the Suns. Yeah, as they should be. And I think that this is why we talk about it so much because I think Book is a guy that's looking at becoming an LA Laker. And I think Devin Booker sees the window in time opening up for him to go to LA. And I think he sees the opportunity um, to become the next Kobe in LA. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense. And I think that that's what the Suns are focusing on. I think Devin Booker is a guy that is, he is an elite talent waiting to happen. And I don't know that it ever happens in Phoenix. And Fred Van Vliet does not help him grow. No. And I think that the Suns very wisely are starting to... Malik Beasley does. I can tell you that. I think Malik Beasley does help him grow. And I think what the Suns are recognizing now is if it hasn't closed already, their championship window is closing quickly. Very quickly. And they need to be aggressive now if they want to win a championship. But then again, I think their new owner is going to come in and spend a whole lot of money. But this is why... James Jones has been good. I mean, James Jones has been everything you want. So to me... I think their head is in the right place, but I'm telling you this, the ownership changeover thing that's happening behind the scenes is a bigger deal than I think most people realize. Like you're talking about a culture shift in the building. You're talking about a, an end of what was one of the worst. The circus. Yeah. Like the cir- like, you know, yeah, the circus, like the drama. I mean, it truly is the end of what was one of the worst ownership you know, situations in all of sports. And, and to me, if I'm Devin Booker, I gotta, I gotta give this thing a real hard look. Cause I gotta know, Hey, is this new owner really going to come in and spend money? Or is this new owner really going to come in and try to make money for himself? Like I gotta know that. Yep. All of our Utah jazz talk on the Monty show presented by quick quack car wash. The best place to get a wash. Where did I go yesterday? Well, duh, I went to Quick Quack Car Wash with my guy. Okay, guys, I'm going to tell you the secret to impressing my neighbors, the wife, co-workers, you name it. I just swing by Quick Quack. It seriously takes two minutes, and people can't stop, won't stop checking me out. Getting a clean car is definitely my best life hack. Kids are messy, camping's dirty, but my truck sure isn't. The greatest line ever uttered on a commercial on this show. Can't stop, won't stop hey checking me out. Hey, guys. I love it. We went to hey Quick Quack in the district yesterday on our way home from the crib to the crib. From We'll see from the Maverick Center to the... Anyway, we went to a Quick Quack car wash at the district. We were in and out in five and a half minutes. Um, there were, We were about seventh in line, and the car came out looking great. And what did I get? I told him again, hey, I need a muddy duck. She takes the marker, and what did she say? Hey, welcome to Quick Quack. Puts my plate in, comes back and says, hey, anything else we can get for you? Yeah, hey, can I get a Muddy Duck? Yeah, no problem at all. Writes it on the window, waves at the guy. They talk a little bit, sprays off the front of the car, sprays off the back of the car. It's the hand signal routine, right? Hey, hey, guy, dude, hey, check this out. He's got a Muddy Duck. Yeah, pimp my ride. Yeah. Uh, But the best part is in the tunnel, They when you get a Muddy Duck, which basically means they give you double the water and double the soap. This big brush comes down and it's a roller brush and it sprays water out of the middle of the roller brush. I'm for real. It, dude, it's so cool. And it just, the I'm car is immaculate after that. It's, it, it's amazing. Go to Quick Quack Car Wash because the people are great. 
You don't if you if you're not a member, I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, you should be a member of Quick Quack Car Wash. I pay $21.99 a month. I get their best wash, and I can go one time or a hundred times mm-hmm. at Quick Quack Car Wash, who presents all of our NBA and Utah Jazz and, talk. And speaking of which, if you're not a member of the show, a couple of things happened yesterday that we can't talk about yet. Oh my God. But you might want to be a member of the show. Dude, I am so stoked. Our March 10th event last night. Something happened yesterday. We have a name, a name that you guys a know. A massive name. Somebody that you know will be there. So and I'm talking about a name. We are having my uh, 50th birthday bash here at the Maverick Center mm-hmm. on March 10th. And it's a, a Grizzlies game. You're going to have a chance to win all kinds of prizes. You're going to get to hang out with two big name football players in the state that I'm really stoked about. And if you are a member of this show, you are guaranteed entry. Mm-hmm. Chris Karn, who was the first member of the show, Bro-room. is the first guy that's got a free pass into the event. Yep. But I will say now, with the name that we got, you guys are going to want to be there. It, 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 I mean, he is one of the biggest name athletes in the state of Utah. Yep. And it, I cannot wait. Yep. Huge names coming to our 50th birthday bash. What's up, big bro? Big, what's up, big bro? Big prizes. Big names. It is going to be remarkable. The link is right there to become a member of our program. It, it not only Bro-room. gets you entry, it not only gets you an exclusive video every day, but it gets you access to our members-only chat on Instagram, the Monty Group members-only chat that has been unbelievable. I had a great time chatting with everybody during the Jazz game last night, during the NFL playoffs over the weekend. Tanner Plummer having like monumental, you know, evolutionary type development from puberty to manhood by embracing the super soaker name in the chat with all of the members supporting him being the super soaker. I mean, unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's all I'll say. You get all of that for $9.99 a month. You can cancel it anytime, but trust me, the, the, Instagram chat is worth its weight in gold. Yep. It is going to be amazing. Amazing. Uh, let's see. San Diego State says, my vote on worst ownership in all of sports is a tie. Robert Sarver and the Bidwells. Is it something in the Arizona desert air? Well, speaking of Michael Bidwell, mm. 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, it's Football 50, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. That's right. We'll get back to the jazz coming up here. In 10 minutes, let's talk about what the Jazz should do. What's the right thing to do with Jordan Clarkson? Coming up in 10 minutes right here on the Monty Show. But right now, football 50% by Papa Murphy's Pizza, the meatball marinara. It's back at, at Papa Murphy's, but let's talk pizza. Traditional crust. Now, also in the comments, are you a red sauce guy on pizza or are you a barbecue sauce guy on pizza? Because I'm telling you, I believe, and I, I think science backs me up on this, I believe that when you put barbecue sauce on pizza, it changes your DNA. I Bomb, mean, dude. I believe they back me up on that scientifically and stuff. Somewhere in the universe, you know, uh, it's amazing. Get the traditional crust, get the barbecue sauce, the mozzarella, the mozzarella, and then pile on all kinds of good stuff you like on your pizza at Papa Murphy's Pizza, but make sure you use the promo code... Monty 25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, 
Would you hire Sean Payton? And if you're Sean Payton, would you take the job with the Arizona Cardinals? I would hire him, but I wouldn't take the job. You would not take no, the job? I would not go and work for Michael Bidwell. I think it's... I think he's one of the worst owners in sports. I think Based the, on- the, the idea that the idea the idea that you kept Drunky the Clown for as long as you did, Steve Kime, the idea that you thought it would be a good idea to draft Josh Rosen, the idea that you thought it then would be a good idea to go ahead and move Buddy and tra- and trade up in the draft to go get a guy in Kyler Murray who's selfish as hell. And remember at the time, let's not forget, wanted to be in Oakland A. Like, come on, dude. Like, you, you, you have to be better. The Arizona Cardinals are that classic team that buys a bunch of talent and doesn't know what to do with it. It's the Dallas Cowboys all over again, man. Like, you're not going to win anything as long as he's the owner. It's just the reality of life, dude. I think if you're Sean Payton, it's a hell of a lot better than going to Denver. I think Michael Bidwell wants to win badly. I think he hired a really sharp general manager. I think the Arizona Cardinal job is way better than Carolina is, way better than Denver. I think I think it's the best job. If I'm Sean Payton, I'm on the other end of this from you. He's taken the interview today. He's delayed a second interview with Denver to take this interview today. I think Sean Payton wants to be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and I actually think it gets done. And I think Sean Payton's going to want to move on from Kyler Murray. And I think that this is a new day in the history of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Because you have a young GM and you have the premier head coach. I love this spot for Sean Payton. If you want to do that, I can get down with it. If if you if Sean Payton goes in there and says, "Hey, I, I we need to move on from Kyler, and I've got a whole plan and a whole thing." If that's on the table, I kind of get it a little more out of Sean Payton's camp. But but just to go in there and kind of take over where Cliffy left off and have to deal with Kyler, I, I just don't see that as 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 nearly as attractive as being being able to go in there and you know build your your own thing. Yeah, Brett Robbins says I agree. You want Sean, but to be in Arizona, nah. Yeah, I, I just it. struggle with it, dude. I I I think that. The idea that Bidwell wants to trade DeAndre Hopkins, like, what are you thinking, dude? Like, what? You He's know making what I mean? too much bread. Yeah, but you need a retool. Standard, you dude? need a retool on the roster. I, I, listen, bring in your GM, bring in your coach, and let them football. That's what I would say. Andy H says Mark Davis was way up there before he moved the Raiders to Vegas, but he slid back out of the top five worst owners. Isn't Daniel Snyder the worst owner in all of sports right now? Especially knowing that Bobby Sarver has the a contract homies, to sell the, homies, the team. The Dolans, I would say, are are there. The Dolans got to be there. I think the Spanos family with the, the Wales Vagina LA Chargers have to be there. Absolutely. Uh, but Robert Kraft is not there. And Bill O'Brien is there. Bill O'Brien returning to the New England Patriots to be there. I don't even know if I can say this cleanly their offensive court they have offensive coordinators in new england what who yeah how about this this is a great hire for bill belichick bill o'brien the new again once again he's back folks uh the new old returning offensive coordinator bill o'brien back with the patriots i think this is a huge move um i this was a problem mac jones make or break season coming up because bill o'brien knows how to develop quarterbacks there's no doubt about that. And speaking of developing quarterbacks, am I the only one that thinks Nick Sirianni's an idiot for saying this about Jalen Hurts? I know this is high praise, but to have him out there is like having uh, – nah, I shouldn't even go there. But like he's having like Michael Jordan out there. Like He's your leader. He's your leader. He's your guy. He's your – like 
like that's hopefully that's the biggest respect I can pay to him uh, compare, <laughs> comparing to his ability to being on the field uh, to, a, to a Michael Jordan type like this guy leads he brings this calmness to the to the entire team he plays great football um, he's tough as as, as, as they come um, yeah I mean to me there ain't nobody has played any better football than him this year to have him out to have him out there is like I know this is are you serious right now? I'm sorry, did you say Jalen Hurts is like Michael Jordan? He said that. No, he didn't. I must have missed Did you mean Michael B. Jordan, the actor? Creed and stuff? So when they lose what this weekend. What a stupid weekend, thing to say. When they lose this weekend, who's the one that's going to catch flack for not being Michael Jordan on the football oh, field? Man. Dude, this is so bad. It's uh, A, it's awkward to watch him talk. I don't know what it is. He just wigs me out. B, you're having a sensational season. Why would you bring up Michael Jordan as compared to Jalen Hurts, who's playing on one arm and the wrong arm, by the way, because his throwing shoulder's effed? Why would you bring up Michael Jordan here? Yeah. This is really dumb. Yeah. This is really dumb. And yes, Andy H, exactly. Hurts like hurts like Jordan, bruh. Yeah, yeah. cause he ain't. Yeah. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And finally, have you guys seen this Ed Reed at at Bethune Cookman story? Here's Ed Reed's thoughts on not being the next head coach at Bethune Cookman. Motherfuckers, y'all curse, and y'all didn't heard curse words before. And they got parents in here. You know I don't want to leave. And like I told you, I want all these recruits. But they got some corrupt people in this world, some evil people that don't care about kids like I do. So I want y'all to hear the truth from me. I ain't withdrawing my name. I got the receipts. They got all kinds of stuff going on around here. Hoarding these buildings with nothing but trash in them. You understand me? And Dion was right. And I know I'm right. Woo! That is Hall of Famer Ed Reed. Mm -hmm. After he found out that Bethune Cookman withdrew the contract and they're not going to make him their next head coach. And it all started because Ed Reed went on social media and said that his office was a dumpster. It was dirty. They didn't clean it before they gave it to him. And now all of a sudden, philosophically, they're not aligned and Ed mm. Reed's not the next head coach at Bethune Cookman. Mm. This is a huge mistake because I actually thought Ed Reed was the right choice to be the next head coach at Bethune Cookman. And somebody's got to put that dude on staff because yeah. did you see that flex? Like, there, if that's the passion you want in your football program. That is the passion you want. This is a big mistake. And again, for HBCUs, Guys like Ed Reed are critical. Guys like Prime are critical. You have this really small window in time where Deion Sanders has elevated historically black colleges. You need to take advantage of this. And screwing Ed Reed out of the job at Bethune-Cookman is not what I would call taking advantage of this. I think this is a huge mistake. Yeah. And I think it's bad for all HBCUs. I just think it's... It's it, a bad look, for sure. It is a bad look. Football at 50, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Hey, uh, why don't you get yourself an NYXL, XLNY, a large pizza cut in triangles. Right now with Papa Murphy's, we've got a great deal. Which means I make more great pizza. 
a lot more. That's our extra-large New York-style take-and-bake pizza. And it's everything you'd expect from a classic New York-style pizza, hot and fresh out of your oven, and only $9.99. Do I have to share it? It's recommended, but not required. Papa Murphy's. We make great pizza, so you can make the pizza great. Such a great deal. Order now at papamurphys.com. Really, all you need to do is download the Papa Murphy's app. It's super easy to use on your phone. And then at the end, use the coupon code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Man, I'm telling you, if you are getting Papa Murphy's Pizza and you don't get the marinara meatball, no better no better dinner tonight. Go and get the, the marinara meatball. You know, you can put it on pizza, chop them up, put it on pizza. You can just get the marinara mm-hmm. meatball and, and put it in your pasta mm-hmm. and make spaghetti and meatballs or you can just get the marinara meatball and, and eat the meatballs because they're fantastic yep it is it is really really good really good by the way squares or triangles on your pizza squares all day team square i think it is every team square bro i ain't here okay. for triangles. why bro. why bring up I, team I lean versus team squat why I, do that I, i'm not here for for triangles man <laughs> you try my patience every day with your stupid team lean. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And by the way, if you know, you know. I'm not having that conversation nah, again. Nah. Although I will say um, the greatest member ever, Greg Hawkins, who's the only actor or model, he's legitimately an actor and model, um, is team lean. And I'm a little concerned about that. Well, I don't care. Maybe you should come to the dark side. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. Can't break the wrist. Can't do it. Uh, this show is presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. Theadvocates.com. Because they get it, man. When you've been in a, in a car accident, it's one of the worst days of your life. If you total your car, it's one of the worst days of your life. Not only are you probably banged up pretty good. Your car's totaled. How are you getting to work tomorrow? Mm-hmm. How are you picking your kids up tomorrow? I mean, it is it is very, very different. And I think the thing that really stands out um, about the advocates is they actually have empathy. They care. They genuinely care about their clients. And I think that's why they understand you can't say, okay, give me $10,000 retainer. We'll help you. Yeah. They don't do that at the advocates. What the advocates do is they say, no, no, keep your money in your pocket because you got to get right in your life. Keep your money in your pocket. Let us fight for you. Don't pay us until we win your case. That's how confident they are in their abilities to represent you and get you what you deserve. You didn't deserve to get hit by that guy that was looking at his phone. We almost got crushed on the way home yesterday by a guy in an Escalade who was looking Excuse down me, at his it's phone. A, it's a Escalade, please. By a guy in a Escalade who was looking down at his phone. Yeah. You don't deserve to be in an accident like that, but you do deserve somebody to fight for you. And trust me when I say your insurance company's not doing that. Do not rely on your insurance company to fight for you. Rely on the advocates. That's why they call themselves that name. Think about that. An advocate for you when you've been in an accident who's not asking you for a retainer or a consultation fee. They're going to help you defer your medical bills. My God, you only have one choice when you need an injury attorney. It's the advocates at theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online right now at theadvocates.com. All right, uh, let's see. How about circles into squares? No, this is not the Hollywood squares. The barbecue smoked is the best. Guys, I'm telling you, 
Put barbecue sauce on your pizza. Guys, forget, guys, guys, guys. Forget guys. the red hey sauce. Guys. Hey, guys. Barbecue sauce makes any pizza better. Mm. And I mean, God forbid you're a pepperoni fan because, I mean, come on. The the one this in a million. This man was a bona fide scrub. Come on, man. Yeah, come, come on, on, man. Come on. Uh, Boyd Lake says, or better said, team pie. Right. Oh, right. there's so many. Mark Hale says, Mrs. Monty cuts the pizza into squares. She does because she's a good woman. She's a good woman. Uh, Ron Nolan says, Sweet Baby Ray's or KC Masterpiece? Sweet Baby Ray's. It's yeah, not, they, they, is that a they. thing? Jeff Johnson says, Team Lean. Boyd Lake says, Team Triangle. By the way, Ron, when are you joining the membership, bro? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on you to create that Instagram account, bro. Let's go, Ron Nolan. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, Circle Pizza. Guy, come on now. Come on, Eric and Raleigh. Uh, Brett Robbins says, Team Square. Thin crust all day, every day. My guy. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, by the way, if you want to uh, join our membership, there's a link right there. I just put it in the comments. Again, $9.99 a month. Um, you get exclusive information. Uh, everybody here that is a member had the Jordan Clarkson first-round pick story before anybody else had it. A dilly, full dilly. A full 24 hours ahead of everybody else that got that story because you're a member of the Monty crew. Yo. Program. So you get the information first. You also get an exclusive video every day. You also get discounts on our merch drop. I'm so stoked about the design on our sweatshirt. Looking forward to that. We're only going to make 25. There's 63 members. Do some math here, folks. Not only are you going to get it first, you're going to get a discount. That's coming up. And this March 10th event. Dude, it's tom lit. Tomorrow morning at 8, we'll make the announcement. But if you're in the group, you already know who it is. And, <clears throat> and I'm telling you, it's exciting. To have two of the biggest names in, in Utah sports, whew, I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Anytime you can watch Utah Grizzlies hockey and you can do it with, with a bunch of dudes and that includes two, a two athletes that you know and love. And the Come food's going to be bomb, dude. Come on now. It's going to be amazing. Uh, McKinley Cutler says, team lean at home, team squat everywhere else. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Ron Nolan says, uh, get your meatballs bathing in barbecue sauce. Papa Murphy's will do it. I, and I'm telling you, I am team marinara meatball. Oh, yeah. But I'm also team, I am also team barbecue meatball. And I, you, mm. yeah, the meatballs are undefeated, dude. 100%. The other thing that I like about barbecue sauce, frankly, is the barbecue sauce on like ground turkey. Mm -hmm. If you instead of, oh, dude, I, I mean, we could go on all day. I won't, but we could. We really did. But we could. Uh, let's see. San Diego State says square pan pizza as a San Diego State favorite back in the day. Nothing wrong with pan. I'm good with that. Uh, TBE at DK says, I'm interested in it. I haven't watched long enough yet to be sure I want to join. Well, come on, man. First of all, first of all, I hope we all understand uh, TBE at DK's who that is. She is a draft queen's goddess. We've seen your stuff. We know you started a YouTube channel. We know you're we know you're hustling. We know that you're working hard on your craft. No. No. Let's be honest. She's also making money on Daily Fantasy, it looks like. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Better send those refunds. You know. You know. Uh let's see. Uh Arlington Bear says lean triangle, depending on the damage. To <laughs> Depending on the damage uh, to the bidet. That's funny, Chris dude. Karn, you that stud. is funny, bro. San Diego State uh, Xbox update. Well, 
Funny enough, we're giving away an Xbox at 10,000 to one of our YouTube subscribers. But we decided that we would give, instead of an Xbox, I don't know, maybe this is the conversation. Do you want an Xbox giveaway in the membership group? Or do you want exclusive access to the contest, to like the March 10th event? Yeah. Do you want everybody? Trust me, trust me when I say it's as valuable. Trust me. Yeah. I'm, I'm with it. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, uh, like button casuals, 33 likes are rookie numbers in this racket. Pump those numbers yeah, up. Yeah, dude. I mean, come on, Those bro. are rookie like, numbers. Come on, man. Be, 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 be better. Like, come in here. Do your part. Pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. Like, Absolutely do, like, right. Do your part. Make it better. 34 likes. Come on, bro. We've had almost 700 views, and we only have 35 likes. Now, let's come go. Come on, now. Hey, but Brady Cook's the newest member. Let's go. Brady Cook is now in the Instagram group. The members-only Instagram chat on Instagram with all the Monty Show listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's worth its weight in gold. Uh, but now Brady also gets access to all of our member-only exclusive videos. Brady also gets access to all of our merch drops, all of our discounts, all of our inside information. Make sure you DM Jake, SLC Jake. S-L-C Jake on Instagram and Twitter. DM him on Instagram. He'll put you right into the Monty group. Everybody welcome Brady Cook, the newest member of the Monty show. Appreciate that. Let's go. Um, Mike Maple says, who's already a member, by the way. Mapes says Detroit style square deep dish. Stop it. See, I mm, I don't think I've had. Mapes, 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 Mapes. My guy. See, I I view you like you're a mentor, man. Like you're a legend. I idolize you. And then you say stupid crap like Detroit style. You just could have just stopped at Detroit style. Congratulations, but that's bullshit. Because nobody, little Detroit style. No, just stop. Detroit, like, dude, nothing good happens in Detroit. We know that. Duh. And and Jared Goff's their quarterback. Are you kidding me? And then you put deep dish behind Detroit style. Like, I, I, I mean, part of me wants to say, Mapes, like, have you hit your head? I don't know you to be a, a, a methamphetamine addict, but then you say stuff like that. And I'm like, what toxin is infecting your brain mm-hmm. that you would take Detroit style followed by deep dish? I, I, fucking donkey. I mean, do we need a wellness check on you? Are you, are you kidding me? It's Chicago deep dish. Yes. Chicago. Chicago. Yes, yes, yes. Giordano's, stop it. <laughs> Whatever. Detroit deep dish refund drop. Yeah, come on, guy. <laughs> come on, guy. Come on. Better send those refunds. I like how we're getting people calling for drops now. Yeah, that's always good. Mate says, I didn't name it. <laughs> okay, fine. Ron Nolan says, I'm an old school. I just barely put away my dial up. Got to got to smartphone. I don't do Instagram. LOL. Sorry. China owns Instagram. No. I mean, might as well. Meta Facebook owns Instagram. Um, well, here's the deal then. At least, you know, you you know, I know you know how to join the membership. I know, I know that. And you get a membership video, you get there's plenty there. Exactly. Exactly. Better send those refunds. Troy Cushing says birthday bash all day. That's what I'm saying. Raptor eighty eight says birthday bash. G off. What's up, G off? Jim Rome had an amazing Jeff versus Geoff bomb yesterday. I thought of you, Jeff. Uh, he says, LFG, Team Brady. Okay. 
Okay, we're going to have a conversation about Tom Brady coming up at 7.30. Troy Cushing says, uh, welcome, Big BC. Let's, yeah, let's go. go. Brady Cook, the newest member of the show, love you. Thanks for being here. Troy Cushing says, Chicago, Lou Malnati's ah, deep dish. Yes, my guy. Yes, yes. San Diego State, my end. Dude, I should give you Bro, a free what? month. FTB12, he says. If I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. <laughs> Are you serious right now? Are you serious right now? <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady's a gangster for that. We'll talk about TB12 coming up at 7.30. Uh, let's talk Jordan Clarkson in the Utah Jazz here on the Monty Show because you got to love, A, the Jazz win last night, no contest. B, you got to love the fact that so many people are convinced that the Jazz will or will not trade Jordan Clarkson. I'm telling you the same thing I've been telling you for weeks now. Sources have told us that Jordan Clarkson not only will not sign an extension, he has told the Jazz he would like to be traded to a contender. Jordan Clarkson, if you don't know, is going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. He has a player option for next year that I am told he is, he is certainly opting out of, and he will become an unrestricted free agent this summer. What that means is NBA sources have told us that his value on the open market is 22 to $24 million. And if you do some math, that's a minimum, a minimum of $60 million, right? And you can add, you can go 66, you can go 72. It's totally up to you. I think somebody is going to push 75 plus million dollars over three years on Jordan Clarkson. And if the if if the the competition gets deep, I think you could see a fourth year. The Jazz should want nothing to do with that deal. If you're a Utah Jazz fan, you should be rooting for the Jazz to trade Jordan Clarkson. Not because he's a bad player, not because we don't like him on this show, because that's what brings you closer to a championship. Moving Jordan Clarkson to a contender for a first-round pick brings you closer to a championship. That's what your goal on this show should be. Mm -hmm. Win a championship. The issue is, as we reported first right here on the show yesterday, the Jazz currently are struggling to get a first-round pick for Jordan Clarkson. Mm -hmm. Now, there are 16 days left before the trade deadline on February 9th. That certainly does not mean that they will not get a first-round pick. It just means in the early part of the window where we finally yesterday got the, the first trade of significance, nobody is desperate enough to give a first-round pick to Danny Ainge for Jordan Clarkson. And certainly, as we reported yesterday, Malik Beasley, according to NBA sources that we've spoken to, is the hottest name on the NBA trade market. Thanks. Multiple teams, including Atlanta, Miami, Dallas, and Milwaukee, are in on Malik Beasley. That's a cat that there's competition for. Is that multiple picks? Is that a first-round pick? We're going to find out. But I am told that Malik Beasley is in high demand around the NBA. But as far as Jordan Clarkson goes, as a Jazz fan, get in the comments. Do you want the Jazz to trade Jordan Clarkson? Or are you willing to risk him walking away in the summer? Mm. Mm. I think that is a very, very big question. And I think when you, when you look at some of the trades that are out there, like this Miami trade, I've seen repeatedly over the last two days that the Jazz are talking to Miami about, about Duncan Robinson. What are you, must? I'm telling you, the Jazz, my sources at the Jazz have told me directly they want nothing to do with Duncan Robinson. Because it's garbage. Nothing. This is, this is not unlike, though, Saban Lee. 
The only problem is Duncan Robinson's making a buttload of money and the Miami Heat are not going to pay that contract. Yeah. Because I don't think the Jazz have any any desire to have Duncan Robinson be a long-term piece of this club. You're not in the business of picking up more contracts of dudes who don't perform. Like, you're not in the business of picking up contracts of dudes whose play on the floor does not equal what they're being paid. You're just not. You're not doing that anymore. And... Duncan Robinson has been someone the Miami Heat are trying to offload for two seasons now, right? It's, it's, it is widely regarded as the worst contract in the NBA. It's no secret that he is way overpaid. No secret. So to me, if I'm Danny Ainge, I, I know what I want out of Miami. I, I know what I want out of these different teams. It's, it's very straightforward, very, you know, very cut and dry. And, and the challenge is going to be what Danny is willing to compromise on. Because if if he compromises in the wrong areas, let's say, or he compromises really at all on, on draft assets, that's going to be a problem. So that's why I say this Jordan Clarkson thing, you have to get value out of Jordan Clarkson. You have to. Like, you can't do the whole, yeah, you know, hey, Jordan, here's a handshake deal. You're gonna come back to us, and and we'll 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 work it out. We'll work it out. Might be the most dangerous phrase for we're not interested, or we're not we're not really wanting to do it. So that's why I say, like, I just I don't know, man. I think that you can't you can't play this game with Jordan Clarkson. Like, take the emotion out of Jordan Clarkson and just say, hey, man, this guy's done a lot for our organization. We really love the guy. We respect the guy. We wish we didn't need to trade him, but we do need to trade him. And and it just is what it is. That's the business of the league, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to me that the Jazz have for almost a year now controlled the NBA trade market. If you think about the Rudy Gobert trade, the Donovan Mitchell trade, this whole this whole Jordan Clarkson discussion, it is remarkable to me that here we are and the Jazz are controlling the trade market once again. That's remarkable to me. And I'm not surprised by it, but it's it's it is it yeah. is crazy that Danny Ainge continues to pull the strings. It yeah. is it's crazy. Ron Nolan says, as a non-member inside information, the pie uses sweet baby rays, Papa Murphy's KC masterpiece, apples and oranges. Okay. I don't uh, I, I'm you not, know. I, Ron, I'm I love you. I love you, bro, but I'm not really sure what you're getting at there, my man. Yep. Chote Reyes. Figelius says, is Hachimura trade to LA fair? I think it is. I think the Lakers won the deal. I mean, they gave up three picks. Two of the three were not their own. Yeah. Two, three second rounders like, and Kendrick Nunn. I really like that deal for the Lakers. The scary yeah. thing is, I think it makes the Lakers a playoff team. Now, having said that, if Anthony Davis is going to be out all year again, if he comes back and he... You're already getting the Laker rumor mill. Oh, he looks amazing in practice. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay, great. Why isn't he playing? Well, he's not ready yet. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. If he looks amazing in practice, put his ass on the floor because LeBron can't carry this team for much longer. I just can't believe that goes on. Yeah. But you look at these conversations that we're having about Rui Hachimara. The one thing that you're pretty sure of is the guy can shoot the three. And the one thing that the, the L.A. Lakers need is a stretch who can shoot the three. Yeah. He can rebound. He's a wanting defender. That's a guy that if he gives you 10 points, if he gives you five to seven rebounds a night, they're winning more games than they are now. The rack attack! It's that simple. And if you can just get 
three quarters of the remaining games where Anthony Davis plays, you're in much better shape. Yeah. Like this is a playoff team. Are they contenders? They're not contenders. They need to make more deals. Will they? I don't know. Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers, NBA people have said repeatedly does not want to trade a first-round pick. And if that's the case, I don't see how they get better. Yeah. Yusuf, what's up? Good morning to you, friend. Alex Chacon says, can't let him walk away for nothing. Totally agree, dude. I don't think you can risk letting him walk away for nothing. Brandon Whiteside says, Monty is now team tank. No, far from it. Uh, Alex Cooley says, uh, Jovic, please, and thanks. Nikola Jovic, not Jokic, Jovic. And that's the guy you want. 19 years old. Plays for the Miami Heat, power forward. I want it. I would love to have the guy on the Jazz roster. I would play him every single night. Yeah. The minute you get that guy, you are not doing a thing with him for the next three years but playing him 30 minutes a night. Mm -hmm. And let's see where home he goes. Because I think he is one of the most intriguing talents in the NBA. And nobody talks about him. If I'm giving you Malik Beasley, you're giving me Jovic. Or I'm not giving you Malik Beasley. I, it is that simple. Because I've got other suitors for Bees. Yeah. I, I can move him. That's great. I want Jovic. You want other pieces? Okay, great. Let's make a deal work. But I am not making a Beasley trade with Miami unless I get unless I get Jovic. It's yeah. just not. I'm not even starting a conversation. Yep. Not even starting it. Brett Robbins says I don't see the Jazz signing Clarkson. So take anything you can get, preferably in a package instead of single. I think the thing that you have to do is not trade Beasley and Clarkson in the same deal. Yes. I I am convinced you will get more for them in a different deal than you would in one deal. You guys see how cut and dry this business is for the Jazz? This isn't difficult to see the path, right? Keep Jordan and Beasley in two different deals. Trade, Make sure you trade JC at the deadline. Try to find a three-teamer that includes Beasley, Vando, uh, and get that done. And then you've got Mike Conley, who's also available, right? Yeah. Like, this is not hard to see the path. And that's why I'm saying, hey, you know, whether it's a three-teamer with Phoenix and Atlanta or Dallas gets involved on Conley, whatever yeah. the case may be, they're going to make deals. It's going to happen. Like, Danny and company are not just going to sit on their hands and hope for the best here. So, to me, I, 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 that's what excites me about this deadline is that for once with the Utah Jazz, it's not some complicated thing. We're not talking about Leon and his 87 first-round picks, right? We're talking about, all right, hey, this is the business. This is the numbers. Who does that match up with? And you like it's it's just very simple. And that's where I think Danny Age can really operate because when the foundation's there, that allows you to kind of build the house in the way you want to do it. And that's where Danny accelerates, in my opinion. And that's where yeah. he or, or not accelerates, excels at what he does. Yeah, I think he just it, it it is it is what somebody said, one of our listeners said on the day that the Rudy Gobert trade happened. It's wild to see Danny Ainge operating on behalf of the Jazz. Some shit happened. But I'm telling you, it's exactly what you want to see. And again, not to keep sticking my finger in in the open wound, but you can't be emotional about your players. You cannot. And I understand that as fans, we're now players and fans of players. But if you're a Utah Jazz fan, this is exactly what you want to see. This is exactly the situation where you're hoping that Danny Ainge continues to operate in this fashion because, again, the Utah Jazz are controlling the trade market. They have got two of the most in-demand free agents and if you or, or players, excuse me. And if you put Mike Conley in there, you've got three of the hottest players in the NBA trade market between Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson, and Mike Conley. 
And yeah, when you look at the LA Clippers, I think I'd be paying a lot of attention to Miami and Atlanta. I think the Milwaukee Bucks, but I'm telling you the dark horse trade partner with the Jazz is the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Luca. They're, they're open for business and they are trying to be aggressive. But the problem is I think you have a lot of players who don't want to go to Dallas and play with Luca long-term Yeah, because he is not a guy that makes people better. And Jalen Brunson, there's no better live illustrated example of a guy that got away from Luca and became a superstar in this league. Because I think Jalen Brunson's on his way to superstardom at the Garden. And it's because now he is free to be creative. He is free to blossom as a basketball player, which you can't do that under Luka Doncic because I think he really, absolutely, I think he squelches. I think he suffocates your game. Like, mm -hmm. there's just no eye in, in team. But there is in Doncic. And I'm telling you right now, Luka's a selfish player. And I don't... I'm not the guy that cares what you average per game. I just care how many wins you have. Yeah. And Luka Doncic averages more per game than 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 wins. He is much more concerned about averaging points than getting wins. Because if he cared about getting wins, he he would pass much more than he does. That's right, T. So I I just am not here for. If I'm an agent, I don't want my guy playing for Luka. Yeah. You know, like I I just can't do it. Connor uh, Tulin says, my name is Luca. My name is Luca. I live on the second floor. <laughs> such a good song. It is just such a good good song. Brandon Butler, good morning to you, my member. Good to see you. Uh, hell, if the Jazz can trade him to Brooklyn, just get the better pick of the Houston-Brooklyn uh, pick protection removed. Well, it's hard to do that. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, Mapes says, uh, move Beasley first to drive demand for Clarkson. I would, I would, um, Marby dog. Good morning, Marby. Good to see you again. Does Dallas want Clarkson and Olenek? I think LA wants Olenek. And the thing that scares you is you hear the Clippers now, you know, like I was talking to an NBA guy yesterday who said they're out in the market for a big, yeah, they're, they're out having conversations about Robin Lopez. They're out having conversations about backup bigs. That should worry you a little bit mm -hmm. because if you're if you're Danny Ainge, Kelly Olynyk's trade value is only is only limited to those who need a big, and that's not something that's in demand in this league right now, unless you're the LA Clippers, because the Clippers need a big, and it's a little scary that you hear about the Clippers and and you know they're trying to make a deal with Washington for Gafford, or you hear about them trying to make a a, a deal for Derek Jones in Chicago. And you hear about them trying to make these moves for, for guys that rebound and bigs that can shoot threes. Anybody know a guy like that? Yeah, his name is Kelly Olenek. He's not going to be a prolific three-point shooter. Why do you think my, Miami is trying to get Kelly Olenek? Because they know that they need depth at the big. I'm a man. They do. Bam Adebayo is not dissimilar to Rudy Gobert. Now, he's a far more evolved offensive player. That much is very clear. But you can scheme, you can scheme Bam into a box. And you need a guy that can come in and really stretch the floor at times. Anthony and, and, Street Clothes Davis. Well, and that's his value. He's a guy, Anthony Davis, but now he's turned into not a great three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. And I understand he hit one of the biggest shots in the history of the LA Lakers in the bubble for that championship. But I'm telling you now, you need a guy that can knock down the three. And Kelly Olynyk shoots the three at a pretty high level. Right. And if he's a rotational big that can hit threes, there's a lot of value in that for the you LA know. Clippers. Yep. So I think a Conley Olenek deal to the Clippers makes a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah. And if you look at the bigs that are available right now, 
And I'm not saying Kelly Olynyk's that dude. He's a guy that has value to the Clippers because you don't need him to play 35 minutes a night. You need him to probably play 20, 25 minutes a night because Ivica Zubats is actually a serviceable big. Yeah. But again, again, the other guy that comes into this conversation is the name I'm sure Jazz fans are tired of hearing about, and that's John Collins. It makes a lot of sense if you're a team that needs rebounding and three-point shooting. I don't. Do we know a team? Like, oh, the Utah Jazz needs rebounding. And I want it. Anyway, the point is, if you're a team that needs rebounding and three-point shooting like the Clippers, yep. you're probably not in on John Collins, but you're definitely not out. Well, right? you're, what you're in on is a three-team deal that includes John Collins going somewhere. And I think that that's kind of the magic of it, and that's what we're waiting for is these three-teamers to get set up. And maybe I could even see a four-teamer, depending on the teams involved, like where you, you know, because the multiple team thing allows you to operate better. It allows you, it gives you a little more flexibility, allows you to do <laughs> some things. Like to me, I just, I, I look at it and I say, hey, like, you know, that it makes sense with, yes, with all does. these teams that have needs. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, make sure you hit the like button. Please go ahead and hit subscribe as well. Uh, we are really close to 10,000 right now. We are at about 120 subs. Come on. To 10,000. Let's go. Tell your friends. Let's, let's get go. going. I uh, would love to have you guys on board. We're pushing 750, 800 views this morning with only 50 likes. So uh, if you're one of the 200 people watching the show right now, hook it up. Hit the like Please. button. As we talk Utah Jazz basketball, five minutes from now, we'll switch to Tom Brady's comments on his own podcast where he cursed out somebody <laughs> for asking him about his future, which, okay, that's fine. Um... <laughs> You, I'm not saying Luca's bad. I see a bunch of comments about Luca Doncic, Luca Doncic. Um, <laughs> Alex Cooley says, "Wouldn't mind Tim Hardaway Jr. He's hurt all yeah, the time. Maybe, maybe Hardaway and and Buddy, the street you know, can hang out on the bench together in L.A. Yeah, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, "Mont, so you remember the Dallas has nothing to offer, which I totally disagree with." Dallas has picks. They're not great, if memory serves. But I think when you look at some of the some of the guys on Dallas's just on generally Dallas's speaking, roster, they don't have some dynamic deep roster that's got a bunch of dudes on it, man. Like, no, but if I can get if I can get Dallas and Atlanta, if I can get yeah. Dallas and Phoenix, yeah. if I can get because again, what did we hear about what did we hear about this this trade yesterday with the Lakers? The Lakers wanted a bigger deal, a three team deal that would also end them up with a better situation at point guard. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get a third team, so what did they do? They sent a bunch of draft picks and a nothing player, with all due respect to Kendrick Nunn. They sent a, a, a bunch of draft picks and, and a, a low-level player to get Rui Hachimura, who but is a low-level player. It's not a significant deal because you couldn't get a third team in there. And I think that's why... When you, you hear about the Jazz, and, and I don't mean to be redundant because I say this every day, a Jordan Clarkson deal has got to be a three-teamer. Mm -hmm. And if, if – I hope that they can finalize a John Collins deal with Phoenix and Atlanta because that deal makes sense, man. That deal makes sense. And it just is remarkable to me that and, – and we can go back to Dallas. Like, you look at Dallas – and this goes back to a year ago in Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. This goes back 
This goes back to last January when we told you, we were the first ones to tell you, hey, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to get moved. The Jazz should have interest. The Jazz are trying to do that deal. And what do you know? He winds up in Dallas, and he was pretty damn good for Dallas. Ask the Jazz in the the playoffs last year. Spencer Dinwiddie is a guy that if the Jazz pull pull that move, Spencer Dinwiddie's on this team. And by the way, what did Danny Ainge say about the deadline last year? Mm-hmm. Wasn't really my team. I wasn't really involved at that point. Yeah. Well, you were involved in the summer. And I would expect him to make me- big moves. But if, if, you look at, if you look at what Dallas has, they're going to trade Christian Wood. For Christian Wood at, at $14 bucks, I would that would not be the worst thing in the world. There is no question. I mean, I, I'm telling you, he's 27 years old. Yeah. I, I have no problem with him on an expiring contract, mm-hmm. Christian Wood, right? Like, I think it is it is one of those things that you just can't. Expiring contracts are valuable. Like, expiring contracts are where it's at. And that's why I say, everyone's saying, oh, well, Jordan Clarkson and this first-round pick, it's not an attractive deal. I disagree. I disagree. I think that it's not an attractive deal straight up for most teams in the league. But that doesn't mean that you can't get a deal done with some teams in the league. But it, what what happened to Christian Wood? Well, he went to Dallas, and now he's struggling. Mm-hmm. He's not the player they wanted him to be, and why is that? Because Luka Doncic is very difficult to play with. <coughs> he need, and, and this is one of the, the big questions I have about Mike Conley going to Dallas. Is Mike Conley truly a great fit in Dallas? Uh, I think he's a pretty good fit. I don't know about a great fit, because mm-hmm. I think Mike Conley needs a big to operate with to be really, truly his best, but... That said, I, they just need to get Luca off the ball a little bit. You need to get Luca in in space where you can create um, proper and favorable matchups that he can dominate for you. Because he's already doing what he's doing. But imagine if you could raise that efficiency number for him. If imagine if you know you could, it just was easier for him. It it, it just was a better flow offensively. If you had that tried and true point guard who knew how to get you into the set and Luca didn't have to constantly bring it up like that was the magic of Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson could bring it up the whole game, give it to Luca in the proper time and space in the proper area on the floor. And then when Luca was sitting or Luca just needed one off or whatever, you know, Brunson could go and get it done. And and that's what I'm saying. Like Dallas right now is that team that's going to be in the playoffs, but never is going to win anything until they, they solidify that roster. And I, I, the only guys on that roster that really stand out to me are, are guys you would want to get a peek at are Christian Wood and Frank Nilakina. But I'm not doing the, like Nilakina to me is NAW 2.0. Like he's a bench guy, but he's established. But he, he's a guy that's a, a, a skilled point guard who needs development. Yeah. And New York and Dallas are not places you go to get development. And, and I think the other thing that's so fascinating to me is I'm not interested in Dorian Finney-Smith. I'm not interested in Reggie Bullock. I, I, like those guys are in their, are in their late 20s. Mm-hmm. I know what they are as players. I don't know if Frank Nilakina has any room to grow. That's one that I'm, I'm super interested in. The other problem is they're not going to, and this is, again, just my opinion, they're not going to trade you Josh Green. I hear everybody nah, saying, he's well, valuable, Josh bro. Green, Josh, you're going to give them Mike Conley. A, does the money work? And you can't do a one-for-one one probably with them. But does Josh Green and Mike Conley make sense for the Dallas Mavericks? That's pretty much self-explanatory. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. Yeah. And, and that's why I say I don't know that – I think as a player, Mike Conley's a great fit in Dallas. I think he, he makes a hell of a lot more sense with the Clippers for a trade.
I, I think he does. Uh, Connor Tulin says, I take Olenek on the Knicks with the Mitchell Robinson injury. Well, I think Mitchell Robinson would have been traded if but he didn't see, get hurt. To me, see, again, though, that's Mitchell Robinson is one of those guys like, yeah, he got hurt. So now he, he can't really be. I mean, he could be traded, but you're not going to trade for him right now. But to me, at the same time, if I'm Danny or if I'm a GM in the league, let's say, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, that changes a couple of things because now New York is not in nearly the position they were in, That's right? right? You're not in a position to move a guy that has high impact on another roster. Totally and agree. So, so now I look at this and I say, okay, well, now I'm looking at Brooklyn. I'm looking at, if I'm going east, I'm looking at Brooklyn. I'm looking at Washington. You know, I, I like I'm looking at these couple of teams and I'm saying, okay, if I'm a playoff team, or really, if I'm any team, I could use a guy like Joe Harris, right? How long have we been hearing about Kyle Kuzma? How long have we been hearing about, you know, uh, about Rory before yesterday, right? Like, there are guys out east that are definitely available. And the real question is, who out west wants to be a dance partner in that Eastern Conference deal? Because that, to me, is the genesis. Like, we talked all about Atlanta on the show, right? How many, like, you know, John Collins, like... You know, DeAndre Hunter was available, but then the Hawks took him off the table, right? They said, nah, you know what? We changed our mind on that. We 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 don't want to move him. So look around the Eastern Conference. Hell, the Chicago Bulls. You're telling me the Bulls aren't interested in making deals? Oh, my God. Right? So, like, there are all these teams out East that are open for business, and you have all these teams out West that are very much maligned right now. Like, the Clippers are trying to figure out, can Kawhi and Paul George stay healthy? And if Kawhi and Paul George can stay healthy... How far can we actually go, right? Then you've got the Lakers, as we've talked all about today. Haven't even gotten to the Suns yet, so that's why I'm saying, right? With all due respect to Luka in Dallas, there are deals for them, but those that set up of Knicks, you know, Washington, Brooklyn, Atlanta, those are the teams that you should be paying, be paying attention to. Man, if I could do a Joe Harris, Cam Thomas... Yeah. Jordan Clarkson deal. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, dude, yes. It's hard to say no to that. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Like, like for Brooklyn, that's why I keep ooh. bringing Brooklyn up with Clarkson because it makes perfect sense to me. I get it. You have to give up picks and, and maybe a little bit more compensation than you'd want to, but to have Jordan Clarkson coming off ooh. the bench is dynamic, bro, especially. And I know Kevin's going to be back for the playoffs. You know, they're, they're probably slow playing that a little bit. He needs some rest. We get it, yeah. right? But to have him coming off the bench, can could you, you could like, you come imagine on. Cam Thomas? I think he's twenty years old. Come on, dude. Years old on this team. Yeah. Oh my God. Put him under David Fisdale, Will Hardy, and let's Holy go, cow. dude. Let's go. Can you imagine if you trade Mike Conley? You'd probably be starting Sexton uh, at the one. You would probably be starting like right away Jordan at the two, but then Cam Thomas is filling in at the two. Yeah. Laurie at oh my God. Yeah. Joe Harris coming off the bench as a shooter, maybe. Like, I, I mean, it moved a little bit right there. I know, you know? dude. Like, there, that's real. what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I know that Brooklyn would do that deal. I don't know that Danny wants to pick up two years of Joe, to, uh, Joe Harris. Probably not. Because he's but an again, 18, $19 million dollar guy. That's the balance, right? So Danny's going to have to make those decisions. That's what, when yeah. I say, hey, Ooh. what is Danny compromising on or what is Danny going to take? That's what I'm talking about. The commitment, that bigger contract that he's inevitably going to have to take back. Who is that and what do they bring? Yeah. Uh, Alex Cooley says, haven't watched much of Cam Thomas. What does he do well? Right now, not a lot. But he's athletic as hell. He's not a high-level player. But that dude, I'm telling you, 
that dude's going to be a stud. He is going he's going to be that guy where you're going to be like, "Oh my god." Cuz he he's that guy that and I I could be wrong, but he's that guy that you could say, "Hey, remember when he wasn't getting minutes in in Brooklyn and they threw him into a Jordan Clarkson deal and he turns into a guy? He that's who that guy could be." And he is 20, he's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Won't be 22 Go until watch. next October. Listen to me. Li- li- okay, listen to me. I'm the captain now. I'm listen the captain to me. now. Go on YouTube after the show, because of course you're not leaving the show. After the show, go on YouTube, pull up Cam Thomas, LSU, highlight reel. Oh, yeah. And then tell me this cat's not going to turn into... Uh, uh, a scoring one-two combo guard. Because they don't have the volume to give him to develop him. No. In, in Brooklyn, as we talk NBA hoops, thanks to our friends at Quick Quack Car Wash on the Monty Show, uh, they just don't have it. You know, like it, it, it is, they don't have the volume to give to Cam Thomas. That's the biggest issue. And if they did, they would. But a couple more, then we got to get to Tom Brady. Uh, let's see. Joanne Matias says, Knicks are trying to trade bench players, not their starting center. Mitchell Robinson was on the block before he got hurt. Yeah. And the LA Clippers were absolutely interested in that. And I think it's one of the one of the and, and this is the Watt Nobby conversation in uh-huh. Brooklyn, by the way. Uh-huh. Right? Like you don't want to trade Mitchell Robinson, but you need to trade Mitchell Robinson. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you need Yes, yes, yes. And again in New York, the big I think the, the conundrum, the conundrum is how much do you trust Julius Randle? Because Julius is a stud right now. He is one of the best power forwards in the NBA. Like what he is putting up for the Knicks right now, I think that that I, I don't I wouldn't trade him. Yeah. I, I, I just wouldn't. And I know he's been an enigma. The issue is is he's not a winning personality. That's the problem. He's an odd dude. Buddy can really play, but he is different. But how much better has Brunson made him? Yeah. I mean, if you're the, the Knicks, but the reality, but the reality is there. But like, yeah, Brunson's made them better and made made Julius better, hundred percent. But they still need another piece, and you always knew that when you were doing that deal and you were, you know, tampering behind the scenes. You always knew that you were going to need another guy, and that's why I'm saying, like, you, yeah. you, if you're the Knicks, how do you just sit on your hands here, Woo. dude? I I, I am. I look at, there's a couple of teams out east. If the Cavs get another piece, if they get a a legit knockdown compliment. Jordan Clarkson would be really good for the Cavs. I I think it is, I think it is crazy good, dude. I mean, if you get, if they get a player, if the Knicks need more than Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. The Knicks need a legit alpha but do you see what i mean about the knicks like jc doesn't make sense for the knicks Mm, right no because they're not ready yet but like donnie and the Cavs could really use a jordan clarkson off the bench brooklyn could really use a a, a jordan clarkson off the bench hell Mm. even in lakerland they could use jordan clarkson coming off the bench right with all due respect to what was with all due respect kendrick nunn and and company you know they could use jordan clarkson for sure yeah, I don't disagree with that. Somebody gave us a $5 tip, and I totally blew it off. There it is. Samuel Jackson, I apologize. Uh, he says, finally catching the live stream again. Work has been insane. Love, uh, Much love, guys. Good. I'm glad to hear work's been insane, man. I hope you're good. Yeah. Appreciate the $5. It always helps. Um, no doubt about it. And you guys, I'm telling you, 
you should consider joining our membership because it is red hot. And I think any of the members here want to comment about our chat. And it's if you've amazing. been waiting, if you've been waiting, sitting on the fence, right? Like, hey, should I, should I not? I'm telling you, we've only had memberships rolled out for two weeks. And inside of a month of being a member, or now inside of probably 60 days of being a member, you will have met big time personalities in the state. You will have been to big events. You will have done awesome things as far as this show is concerned. So I'm telling you, it's worth its weight in gold. That and you get Jeremy Bolton saying that Jazz need a John Amici or Detlef Shrimp type player. <coughs> I mean, where else are you going to get that kind of stuff but from a member of the Monty show? Right, right. You know. Obviously. Detlef Shrimp. What a great pull. Love that, Mayor. Love it. Uh, Chult Raz Filias. Uh, CRP says Clarkson Halliburton deal. Right, because they're going to... Nah. Man, come on. Nope. Come on. Nope. Come on. Uh, Marby Dog says Josh Green has value to yes. the Mavericks, but I don't think... Are they going to trade him to get to get what? That would be my question. That would be my question. Uh, no, last year during the Gobert trade stuff, you mentioned Dallas Mountain. Someone said Dallas has nothing to offer, and you went on a whole area rant. No, I, I agree with that. I think Dallas has a lot to offer. Um, and I think that... I think Jalen Brunson leaving that team has exposed some folks. Yeah. They miss Jalen Brunson because Luca's not that dude. He's not. And but it turns out that Dorian Finney Smith ain't that dude either. Right? So, <coughs> you know. Uh Q Sam says Luca is a bigger version uh left handed Harden. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, let's see. Uh Yusuf says if we don't end up with Collins, I'm gonna be really mad. I think that deal is, I think that's one of the, the more realistic deals. I really do. Uh, Brett Robbins says they turned down Chris Stapps in, uh, they turned Chris Stapps into a corner light post. They did. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. Um, he's been pretty good. Now he's hurt again, though, by the way, for Washington, but he's been pretty good there. Uh, Brett Burnett says Wood has been fine in Dallas. Conley a better fit with the Clips, plus the Clips have some players and picks we want. I think I Christian Wood has been subpar. He yeah. has not lived up to what the Dallas Mavericks have wanted. Yeah. That I don't think anybody I don't think anybody even questions that. I yeah. mean Dallas, I think, really really needed his size. And I I mean, but if I, I'm looking at Washington and Dallas tonight, right? I'm looking at, at that matchup. I think Washington's got a pretty good chance to win that game. Right? I, I just don't I don't I just don't like the way that Dallas is put together. Yeah, like well, I, it's Luca and everybody else. I mean, I it don't is. Know, you know what I mean? Like, I, there's not a there's not some huge cohesive group atmosphere at play. Yeah, and you just look at their roster makeup; it's just awkward. Like they they got blown out by the Clippers. Like you know, a team that that, that like how long is a Eric Gordon going to be on the market? <laughs> how long? How long until somebody moves? Because like I look at Dallas. And Dorian Finney-Smith plays 38 minutes, four rebounds, eight points, minus 21. Fat! Tim Hardaway, 38 minutes, 22 points, minus 19. Um, um. Luka Doncic, 39 minutes, 29 points, minus 23, double. Oh, and he had a double-double, 29 and 10 more. Yeah, double-double and losing-ass basketball. Greatest player ever on a really crappy team. That's two over 500. Come on. Uh, like the, and, by the way, they don't have depth. 
So you're you're awkward. And yet the Clippers, to me, like you you look at some of the guys they have on that team. Like when they get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that's a that is one of the best teams in the West. They get 30 and 21 from from Kawhi and PG. We really did. And you get a Marcus Morris senior that's a plus 20. Yes. So everybody's like, oh, the Morris brothers suck. Well, he was a plus 20. Like he's making contributions. Eight points, three dimes, four boards, four or five at the line. Yeah, next question. Who else on that team was plus 20? Nick Batum. Right? I mean, Norman Powell is a plus 20. <laughs> Why are the Clippers good? Because they get contributions and they're they're really good defensively. So anyway, I, I, I could reel on about this stuff, but yeah. I won't. Yeah, I won't. Uh, appreciate everybody being here. Make sure you go ahead and hit the uh, like button. Uh, appreciate you doing that. Football 50 in 90 seconds where we'll talk Tommy. Tommy. We will talk Tommy. James Knight, what's up, my guy? Where you been? Don't get hung up on the plus minus stat. But I think when you are when you are a guy that doesn't score a lot, the plus minus, the net effective is really important. It's really important when you when you don't contribute a lot yeah. on offense. You better be defending. You better be rebounding. You better be playing solid pick and roll switch defense. Yeah, and that's what those plus minuses tell you. So Brandon Butler says, anytime a player is bigger than the coach, um, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good at all. Um, Dustin Mercer, hey Dustin, I like JC, but we would be stupid not to trade him. But what team is stupid enough to get get fleeced for JC? I think we he will have to be added with another person. I just don't know that you're going to fleece is an interesting term. Like what would be fleecing a team? A pick and a young player for Jordan Clarkson? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Tyler Edits says I want the Suns to call up uh, to call up for Clarkson. I feel like their first-round pick in the future could be valuable for Conley. I like the Clippers trade. Yeah, well, the thing is, the Suns own their picks, so they're, they're just being a pain in the ass about it because they don't want to give on. A, they don't want to give them up. And Danny wants their first this year. Yeah, which I think is is exactly I how I would handle it. It's a fair asking price if you're asking for Jordan Clarkson. I'd handle it that way. Yeah, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, uh, Alex Chacon says whole lot of missed IG calls. How hard is it? It drives bro. me crazy. People in the IG Dude. chats always hitting the call button on accident. Oh, sorry about that, bro. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad, guys. Sorry. It's only one in the morning. My bad. My bad. I don't give a vapor's fuck. Brandon Butler says, I am the price of admission. I am with the price of admission. Oh, it is. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says, for the record, yes, I do believe Dallas has a lot to offer. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, James Knight says Jingles starting to fit with the Bucks. So happy hey, for him. Hey, he shot well last night, bro. I watched some of that game. That was nice, bro. He's a he's a bench role player though, and I think that's why yeah. they're after that's why they're after Malik Beasley. Like they need a knockdown, no doubt about it, three point shooter. That's what that club needs. And if they get that, and a guy and, and a guy that can play twenty five minutes a night, they're going to be. That's the thing with Joe. That's they're going to be know, lethal. And, and I know we got to get football fifty here, but the thing with Joe. That I'll say is he's shooting the hell out of the ball for where he's at in his in his comeback here off the ACL. But I think the concern is, hey, 25, 30, you know, 31, 32, 33 minutes for Joe. That's a lot right now. And unfortunately, that's just timing. That's, yes. you know, like it's not like I think if Joe can get through the rest of the season healthy, take care of that knee, 
you know, really yeah. get your confidence back. You're going to be in a fine spot, but that doesn't mean that they 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 just have to skip over getting a guy like Malik Beasley. The thing you like about Joe Ingles is you have to stand in front of him. Yeah. Because if you don't, he doesn't bring the ball down, which I love. Um, I think that that is absolutely critical. It's what Laurie Markkinen does. Yeah. Laurie Markkinen keeps that ball real high. Joe's a master at that. So mm -hmm. it doesn't take him long to get it locked and loaded. And when Joe Ingles is hot, there ain't a, a rim in the world that can contain him. Yeah. Because he is, I mean, he is he is fantastic. Football 50, 10 of the hour. Every hour on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. We got to play the Brady sound first before I play the music. Oh, I got to play the Brady yeah. sound. Yeah. Sorry. It's what it is. How Make it works. sure you... <laughs> limitations, motherfucker. Uh, make sure you use our promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the app. It's super easy. Let's get to Tommy. Tommy. Uh, this situation with Tom Brady is, is very interesting. Is Tom Brady retiring? Well, on his podcast titled Let's Go, no pun intended, right, Let's Go, Make right, a Decision. Right. Uh, Jim Gray asked Tom Brady if he had made a decision about his future in the NFL. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you've said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. <laughs> Listen how awkward this is. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only Are the question scratching? that everybody wants to hear. <laughs> you're scratchy. Note the silence. Scratchy. Uh, I appreciate uh, you asking. Thank you. Uh, uh, move on. I uh, can tell. <laughs> uh, 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 dude. Wow. Play it one more time. Play it one more time. Tom, and, and, and while you listen to this again, ask yourself, is Tom Brady still an elite NFL quarterback? Are, if you're the, the Oakland, LA, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders, should you want this guy to be your quarterback? Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you've said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already <laughs> done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. Yowser, dude. Incredible from mm -hmm. Tom Brady right there. Mm -hmm. Is he still an elite quarterback? I think he is. Uh, I think the guy is absolutely positively the guy that the Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders need. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the Raiders, I'm trying to get him and be my starting quarterback. Are you going to play the music or what? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely – I can't do football 50 without the music. Okay. Uh, I would absolutely be trying to get Tom Brady to come to Las Vegas. I would absolutely be getting Tom Brady – um, depending on what, hey, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, and I think there is a really high shot that they win the Super Bowl, I'm not doing it. If if they get if they get beat this weekend in Philly, I I might lob a phone call to Tom Brady in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. That's his childhood team. I don't think Tom Brady's done. I think he needs a situation where they have an offensive line and they have strong skill players that can catch the football. San Francisco and Oakland. Las Vegas, that's that. That's those situations, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think he – the thing – the tough thing for the 49ers is you got Brock Purdy now, who is this young guy who has, you know, what, at, at a minimum 10 years to go here? At a minimum? Like, 
depending on how great you are, you can play as long as 15, 16 years. I, I don't feel comfortable saying you can play 20 years in the league, but you know, 10, 10 seasons at a minimum for Brock here. If he, if he stays healthy, stays in the pocket, plays yeah. the way he's playing, like there's no reason he can't. And I, and I just think that if you're the 49ers, like I, I would just go all in on this guy. Like I wouldn't waste my time with Tom because I know I'm that sorry, Brock would tell me Thank you. because I know that Brocky Poo is already getting me into the postseason. Rocky Poo. Yeah. Brocky Poo. I love it. Uh, I think he's I think he's still capable of winning a Super Bowl, and that's what matters. Marby Dog says F-bomb. Sean Mirzinski says Tom all about me, Brady. Could be. He's earned it. Hall of Famer says Tom Brady's 87 years old. I don't think he's 87. I could be wrong. My math is always fuzzy. I don't believe he's 87 years old. Uh, Brent Burnett says TB12 is one injury away from being retired for good. Well, let's not wish harm on anybody. You know, uh, Alex Chacon says, yes, we need someone to hold everyone accountable and yell when someone needs to yell. Right. Well, that's Tom Brady. That's for sure. Um, what do you guys make of this DeMar Hamlin conspiracy theory? There is a conspiracy theory going around Twitter right now that DeMar Hamlin was not actually the guy at the game on Sunday. And there are people who are saying there's no way that it's possible that DeMar Hamlin is the guy that is walking around and they're talking about how, oh, DeMar Hamlin must have had his skin lightened. And how can DeMar Hamlin be the guy walking around when he had his skin lightened and he doesn't uh, need oxygen? Any chance you buy into these no. conspiracy theories floating around about DeMar Hamlin? My only question about this situation is why is he covering his face up and everything? You've got security with you. This, this story about DeMar is all about inspiration and showing out and like being the face of that team and the face of that positivity train at that time before they lost. Like that's what, that's what it was about. DeMar has never been a guy that is shied away from that that type of spotlight, if you will. Not saying that he enjoys it, but he's just not been that guy that's like, hey, I'm gonna walk up in a hood and sunglasses and cover my face. Like, that's not who DeMar has been, you know? And that's why I'm wondering, like, what was, what was this about? And what was really interesting about this situation is, so before the game, we all saw that video of him, like, walking up the stairs and going in or whatever to the suite. But then after the game, they rolled it they rolled Damar up. I believe it was Damar. I just think it was weird. They rolled Damar up in a cart to the locker room real quick. Like very quickly. They did. And and I don't know like what I just don't know why dude was covering his face like that. It just is a weird look. I, I don't know what you say about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting that clearly you can see him. There are photos of him being reunited with his teammates. But do we really believe so little? And in this picture that's on the screen, the guy in the red sweatshirt is Damar Hamlin. And people are like, he doesn't have oxygen. They supposedly cracked ribs when they did CPR. He had his skin lightened. Well, I mean, come on, dude. Do you really think that this is like a good interpretation of his skin tone? Stop with the conspiracy it's, theories. It is like, outside at night on a concourse with a bright ass light on a camera. His skin is going to look lighter in that type of lighting. It, that was Damar Hamlin. Yeah. I agree that it was, it was interesting. I also think that 
why would they have a stand-in for him? Why would they go? That's the, the question. Point? Why would you have anybody so stand are in for you him? Then, so if you're somebody saying there was a stand-in there, does that mean DeMar Hamlin's dead? And does that mean that they faked the whole thing? And that, 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 like, what, like, what do what you mean? What is the point dude? of it? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? I don't understand the point of it. This, and again, this is just me. I, I don't, I don't buy in the conspiracy theories. I've never been that guy. I just don't. I I don't. I just don't believe it. Yeah. And when you look at Demar, and he's he's been out in public. Um, you look at his Twitter feed. He was out in front of the mural. Like, yeah. Why are we so desperate to have the, it be true that this wasn't Demar Hamlin? Why do we need that kind of desperation? You know, like it just. I don't get it. And this is just me. And I think you guys are all crazy if you buy into it. Yeah. Is there anybody here who buys into it? Um, yes, I agree, Alex Chacon. These conspiracies are unbelievably stupid. Uh, Hamlin News brought to you by Infowars.com. That's what I'm saying, dude. People are saying Damar pulled a Sammy Sosa with his skin. Come on. Come on now. Um, TBE at DK says, it's weird. I can't understand why it would be wanted to be hidden if he had passed away, he may not be the same as he was after being injured. You really think Demar Hamlin's dead? I don't. I don't think she's saying she thinks he's dead. I think what she's saying is that, hey, like. But you is know, there any chance he's no, dead? No, there's no chance, dude's dead. If dude was dead, the report would have come out. Like, if dude was dead, like you, you that would have been known. Like, you just. It's just. This is weird. Yeah, dude. man. It's really, I, I, really not, weird. You're not getting away from the fact that it's a weird look. You covered your face in a public setting at the Bills Stadium in the biggest game of the year. You're like, don't come to the game if you're going to cover your face, dude. Like, don't. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Football 50 brought to you by Papa Murphy's Pizza. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with savory ground beef covered, covered in tangy tang marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at papamurphys.com. Make sure you use the promo code MATI25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. At Papa Murphy's Pizza, I'm telling you, the meatball marinara mm-hmm. is the best thing you're ever going to see. It is so good. The the cheese actually melts into the meatball. Yes. I mean, you can use them as a snack. You can use them in pasta. I, I, I'm telling you, the best thing I've ever done, chop them up and put them on a slice of pie. It's mm-mm. You get a Papa Murphy's pizza, chop them up, put them on top of it. Ooh. They're, they have meatballs. Your balls are versatile. Hey, them meatballs. Are versatile and stuff. All right. The Monty Show presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business where they never ask you to pay big retainers, consultation fees. No, no, friends. You do not pay The Advocates until they win your case. And and again, I just want to say, please, I'm begging you, please, mm-hmm. please, do please. Not, yeah, do not rely. Please. Please. Do not rely on your insurance company. Please. Because they are not defending you. They are not watching out for your best interest. Insurance companies are beholden to their boards. They are beholden to their attorneys. They've got hundreds, if not thousands of attorneys on staff at at your insurance company. And you're not going to be represented by anyone? 
Who's going to fight for you? Well, it's the advocates. When you get in an accident, if you get hit on a bicycle, your motorcycle, this time of year, obviously here in Jutta, if you are in a car accident, if you slip and fall on a sidewalk, they do workers' comp as well. If you get hurt at work, theadvocates.com. You can chat with an attorney for free 24-7 at theadvocates.com. Good morning, everybody. Appreciate you being here. New members on the show this morning. Infowars.com. Thank you for that. You know, people really believe he's dead. Infowars.com. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to, I just, do you you think that DeMar Hamlin is alive? Can can we get a poll? Can we do a poll? Come on. Give people a chance to vote. Let's do a poll. (laughs) Why? Just real quick. Real quick. Come on. Real quick. Hey, I hate Why why do you hate polls? I hate because it's always, well, I'm going to, I'm going to vote the opposite to see what happens. Opposite poll. Okay. Well. All right, I'm putting a poll up. Is Damar <laughs> Hamlin alive? Yeah. <laughs> like, are, are you serious right now? I, and I'm just going to do dead, alive. There you go. Ask your community. Are you serious that there are people who believe he's dead? Yeah, clearly. You got. See, Let's go. Start voting. Look, start I, voting. I ain't judging you, but smoking crack this early in the morning. Come on, man. Uh, come on, man. Demar Hamlin is not dead. Infowars.com. Demar, you you really you guys really believe this? You this really believe this? It's empty. Empty. The opposite I mean, pull. You guys, bro, bro. Do you understand what would have to have happened? The the level. <coughs> of conspiracy theory that would have to have taken place for Hamlin to be dead. You understand that, right? Like the, the yeah, level, dude, I mean, dude, the guy is, the, you the guys. guy is, I, he's not dead, dude. Buddy is alive. He was at the game. He covered his face for whatever reason, man. 18 votes only. Let's go vote in the poll. At least, yeah, you know. vote in the poll. Come on. Let's see what you got. I, I don't know, man. I, I am just of the belief, and this is just my opinion. There's not a chance on God's green earth he is dead. No. There, there's no. not. No I, way. I, I'm sorry, man. Like, it, do you understand? Just think about, just think about the heaven and earth that would have to have been moved <laughs> for this dude to be dead. Yeah. And nobody to know about it as a fact. Yeah. I mean, I like, but this is what we love. This is what we love, dude. This is what we want to do, right? We want to say, oh, the election was stolen. 9 11 was fake. Uh, A cloud in the sky looks like an alien spaceship. We're all going to die. Like, uh, you know, the, the, the vaccine is killing everybody. The government's out to get us. Like, this is what we do, bro. That one letter of the alphabet. Right? Like, this is what uh, Jim Carrey's on Saturday Night Live, or he went on some show and talked about the Illuminati and did the, did the you know, the sign. Like, Stop. this is what we do, bro. Stop Why it. Why do you think that Alex Jones is out here saying that, you know, uh, uh, Sandy Hook people were crisis actors or whatever terminology? Like, this is what we do. You know what I mean? So to me, it's like, I'm not surprised that all these people are like, oh, well, DeMar is, DeMar is dead and they have a stand-in. You have people out here saying that that Trump is still the president and they face-swapped him with Biden. Like, that's the but, level but, we're but at. I, I want to understand why we get into this stuff. 
Why do what we get it? into this stuff? I've what the never. Fuck are you Ranger Rick? Yeah, like who are you that believes this stuff? Yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's you... absolutely crazy, and I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I see videos all the time. I saw one yesterday on social media about, you know, 9-11 and how, you know, when the second plane hit, you see that big fire explosion. And that it's was so all weird. the airplane fuel burning off. And, you know, they said that the building fell and the way it fell. Like, dude, bro, <laughs> chill out, bro. Like, the, you really think that people are going to these stretches, to these lengths, to these... Like, man, dude, I, I just can't do like, what is, do you have like the, the whole, Damn. this goes back to like the Kennedy assassination. Oh my God. Flat earth, flat earth. Oh, flat Kyrie, earth. Irving. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Come on, dude. Like all of that stuff. And I just, why do we need to attach ourselves to that? That's the thing that's so fascinating to me because most of the conspiracy theories would, I mean, it would have to be hundreds of thousands of people, be, bro. And all of them would have to stay perfect. Like in the DeMar Hamlin situation. Yeah. If you believe that DeMar Hamlin is dead, think about the thousands of people from the NFL office, the Buffalo Bills, the paramedics, the hospital. But all the, due respect. The, the mortuary. The like the fucking Cole Beasley. The morgue. Cole Beasley. <laughs> like all these people that would have to be dead silent. Dead silent. Yeah. If he were really dead. Mm -hmm. All and do you think his family would be walking up the the concourse yesterday in with smiles or on Sunday with smiles on their faces and who the fuck is that guy? Do you understand how improbable at best that is? <laughs> what are you Bro, talking like, about? What are we doing, man? <laughs> is it the, is it like is there something in the air oh on Tuesdays God. on this show? Like what, what, are, what are we doing, bro? Come Seriously. On. Come on, man. I mean, like, oh, Damar Hamlin died on the grassy knoll in Dallas. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, what are we talking about, man? He's not dead. He's alive and he was in Buffalo over the weekend. Like Damar Hamlin's not dead. And Let's just go with the, 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 let's just go with the conspiracy that they used a body double in the suite. Right, right. For what? What's the purpose? What's the point? What's would the motive? That, would that pump up his team more? Infowars.com. If fake, and, and then, by the way, if he was fake, do you think fake Damar Hamlin went from the suite and then fake Damar Hamlin got in the cart and went into the Bills locker room? Are they bringing fake Damar Hamlin into the Bills locker room? Not Damar Hamlin. No, Damar Hamlin's not in the locker room. Not, not Damar, Damar Hamlin, Hamlin is in the locker room. Not like, Damar Hamlin. On, dude. Like, what? What? Like, in, in, for what? Exactly, Riley O'Brien. What's the game? What's the game? I, I, I need to understand. Well, they're covering up that he got vaxxed, and that's why he died on the field, and then he didn't oh, actually please. die. And, and, Tell and me so, that that's not what this come is on, about. Come on, dude. Come Tell on, Tell me man. that's not what this is about. Don't sass me, Burkus. Oh, my God. I, 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 I think it's hysterical. Man. Well, okay, where are we at in the poll? What's the poll results? What are we looking at here? 35 votes only of 152 people watching in the poll. Okay. 86% say he's alive. But 14% of you idiots think he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's 14% of people in this poll. Who, and I, 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 No, I'm ending the poll. What really do we have to lose? Nah, bro. Nah, bro. I'm ending the poll. I'm ending the poll. You can't tell me there's 13% of people in this room right now who think he's dead. <laughs>
There's no chance. This case is empty. There's empty. Where is Kobe's car? What did you say? Anthony Kobe says, how the F are you comparing the CIA whacking JFK to... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly right. David Hume says, I voted dead, not because I believe it or even care, but just to get you guys heated and going off. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, dude, bro, the moon landing. You, that's where DeMar is. DeMar is He's on, on fake the moon. moon landing. He's fake on moon the moon. Landing. Yeah. Him and Tupac are on the moon that's right. together. That's right. Ron Nolan says, dead people are buried under daybreak. Hey, man. Hey, okay, man. Could be. That, dude. That's probably why they're moving the bees, right? He, he's no Damar Hamlin, but he'll do. Yeah. The body double is no Damar Hamlin, but he'll he do. He's trying to control their oh little worlds. Marby says Hamlin wasn't there to support Buffalo. He was there to support Pfizer. Ex- yeah. Okay, you there you go. I mean? Thank you. See what I mean? Thank See what you. I mean? Thank you. Uh, Hamlin was the project manager for the pyramids in Egypt. Thank I you. believe it. That's, I believe it. That's why the pyramids line up with Orion's belt. We get it. We get it. Eric C says, I have a coworker so deep in the conspiracy rabbit hole, stole the election. Alex Jones fans, some man, dude. Like Alex Jones, you understand. Alex Jones owes billions of dollars. Infowars.com. Over lies. Tomorrow's news today. <laughs> over lies on conspiracy theories. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, Jeremy Bolton, Hamlin was John Wilkes Booth's best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, dude. Oh, my God. Uh, Tyler P says, do a Tupac poll next. Yeah. Man, I don't even want to know. Just put, just put, just put, okay, who's alive, Tupac or Biggie, right? Just put it, just put them both right there. We are getting dumber as a nation. That's right. Correct. Uh, Louis Capasso says, I'm still wondering why there are only 79 likes. Come on, people, smash the like button. Yeah, what's the conspiracy theory as to why you guys won't hit the like button? Yeah, come on. You know, that's hysterical. Dude. That is hysterical. Uh, Marby Dog says, court settlements rarely equal real money, but they equal your balls in a vice. That's what they equal. Mr. Preston says, I see dead people. That's right. Jaden King says he's lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Yes, the Bermuda Triangle. Exactly right. Macho Man says he's in Area 51. That's right. But I will say, and the funniest thing is, did you guys see this UFO sighting over the Mexican U.S. border? with this, dude. And people are like, oh, that's a UFO. Do you really, do you believe in UFOs? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, at you some do. level, yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah, but like, I'm not saying that that cloud was an alien spaceship sent to take over the world. Yeah. The cloud just was the cloud, dude. You know. You, um, what I be- you know what I believe in? I believe when they when they declassify stuff and it comes out and, and you're able to see like what pilots reported or what, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. I believe in that stuff because I don't think. You do. Yeah, I don't think that like, like. Navy or Air Force pilots have anything to lie about because their their reports are classified, right? So, like, you're telling me they're going to report a sighting that really can't be proved for however long just because? Like, they're, they see things. They, they're, they're some of the best eyes in the world, man. Like, so I believe in some of that stuff. But, but all this nonsense about, yeah. you know, like... Like fake moon landings and flat earth and like, dude, get back on the ayahuasca and chill on the couch. Okay. You know, Uh, Tyler P says UFOs are a hundred percent real. Okay. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, yo, Mike Conley got invited to do the skills challenge. That would be cool. Will he be wearing a jazz uniform when he does it? 
Better send those refunds. That. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I saw that. He should absolutely do it. Mike has earned some Mike. accolades. You know. Well, there you go, Teddy. Teddy, who's a member, says he might not be doing it for the jazz, though. By the way, Teddy's done 11 straight days of outdoor cold plunges. Dude. 11 straight days. 24 hours from now, we'll be making a huge announcement about our March 10th birthday bash. If you're a member of the program, you already know what it is. So we're all super stoked about that. Uh, Tyler P. says, I don't believe for one second that that Earth is the only planet in the universe with life on it. Totally agree. Totally agree. I agree. Um, do you guys see these? The, yeah, you know. Roger Caricia. Monty, it's not that he left. It's how he <laughs> well, left. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you for bringing Gordon Hayward back into the fold, my man. Okay. Okay. You know, Gordon Hayward, that's it. Uh, Lewis says, Raptor 88 actually splits Nevada and Utah out of the West Desert in the Dungway Proving Ground area. Okay. Okay. What do you guys make of those things that were buried in the desert, like the pillar that was buried in the desert? Oh, the monolith. There you go, the monoliths in the desert. Yeah, they, it, it came out that someone was just putting them there, I guess. I, I remember reading about that, that, that somebody was just doing that. But why were we so quick to say aliens were doing well, because it? Well, because of what it looks like, right? It's this, it's this you know, rectangle, bright, polished, I don't, I don't chrome. Know what, I don't know what a rectum has to do with it. Silver thing randomly thing in the middle sugar. of the desert it's oh dude if for all my utah people it's like all these little mini you know radio relay towers getting put up in the mountains that they've been having to take down no those are solar portable radio transmitters yeah like why do you guys really think aliens are doing that that's somebody trying to like Either drug traffic or something. <laughs> Excellent strategy. I mean, that's a nefarious activity, mm-hmm. if there ever was one. Did you guys see that? They're putting up somebody's putting up solar powered broadcast antennas on mountaintops, and the Bureau of Land Management is having to go and take them down, and they're trying to figure out who's doing it. Look at look at my guy Marty Dog right here, second from the bottom. Uh, what about the bodies in the desert? What bodies in the desert? Do tell. Do tell. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, better question, does Real Salt Lake exist on another planet? They don't exist on this planet. (laughs) My bad. Uh, Jansen says, is there a universe where jazz games are on K-Jazz? Yeah, it's called hell. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe, does Real Salt Lake exist on this planet? Exactly right. No, dude. (laughs) Exactly right. You know. Um, I'm just telling you guys now, if you are a conspiracy theorist, your life is not good because none of them are true. How, like, is there a conspiracy? And I won't judge you for it, not at least vocally. Um, is there a conspiracy yeah, theory you nice. you believe to be true? Do you think there are alien bodies in Area 51? Yes or no? No. I I do believe, though, that the government hides stuff from us that we just will never know about. I believe in that, right? Like I believe that the government, you know, on some level does damage control on what the public knows and doesn't know. (laughs) Jared Eccles says, if you've been abducted by aliens, feel free to chat with an attorney at the advocates, the (laughs) advocates.com. I would say that that would be, you know, you know, Jeremy severe says, Monty, Dugway Proving Grounds, yes, is Area 52, and they test chemical biological defense in the Western Desert. I worked there. 
Okay, I don't well, disagree no, with you. But I'm, but I'm being serious here. Are, 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 are you trolling or are you actually saying that? No, Dugway's a real thing. Oh. Dugway's a real thing. I'm not familiar with that. What they do there, that's a different thing, you know. Uh, is Jaden King says, is there a universe where I get a girlfriend, Jake? Why don't you answer that? Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Some people live in parallel universe with that PAH. Um, let's see. Mitch Davis, Michael Jordan gambling conspiracy, true or not true? I don't believe it's true. Oh my, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler being Michael Jordan's son, absolutely true. Jimmy Butler, Michael Jordan is Jimmy Butler's dad. I doubt that. No, I'm serious. Why would you doubt that? <laughs> Go Google search it. <laughs> Michael Jordan. And, and, and I think it comes right up when you Google search it. <laughs> Michael, Jordan, Sperm, Jimmy, Butler. If you Google search that, Michael Jordan practicing. No, no, I ain't. The first video that comes up on YouTube in a Google search, if you search Michael Jordan, Sperm, Jimmy Butler, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> don't say I didn't warn you. Don't do it. Uh, but Michael that's a Jordan, conspiracy Jimmy Butler. You believe in? Yes, it is. Yeah, because it's not a conspiracy. It's it, true. It's not a conspiracy. Please. And I believe that Jimmy Butler is Michael Jordan's son. It's just my opinion, and he is one. Of, and the reason I say that is that Michael Jordan and Jimmy Butler's mom were in the same place at the same time nine months before Jimmy Butler was born. Mm -hmm. And if you have seen them side by side, Daddy. I watch Maury Povich. I know how this stuff works. Fucking A. Okay? Dude. You know, I'm just saying, Michael Jordan was listed 6'6", six, six, Jimmy Butler's 6'7". You know, I'm just telling you. They look alike. I mean, like you look at the combination of their face. I am your father. Tell me I'm wrong. I believe that Michael Jordan is Jimmy Butler's dad. Marbie Dog says, you are not the father. I love Maury Povich when he's yeah. like, in the case of little Stefano, Jake. Dun, dun. Jake, you are dun, not. Dun. <laughs> what he like changes is Maury Povich is like, in the case of little dickweed, Jake, <laughs> you are the father. And then the, 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 the man-eating woman jumps up and she's like, yeah, child support, let's go. Right? <laughs> And then the best part is when, when it's not, he's like, in the case of little Mary Bell, Jake, you are not the father. <laughs> and you just see the woman fall to the floor and her soul runs out of her body. It's sort of a natural reflex. Man. So good. Like a great show. So good, dude. And that my guy, Justin Hintz, got Maury Povich on my radio show one year at Sporting News Radio. And Maury Povich said that to me. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. Uh, let's see. I believe that Otto Porter Jr. is somehow related to Wilt Chamberlain. We know Wilt was scoring back then prodigiously. Have you seen the one where the guy isn't the father? He does a backflip? Oh, yes. We used to watch that show. We, so I worked at Sporting News Radio. I did afternoon uh, East Coast afternoon drive at Sporting News Radio. So it was on every day in our office when we were prepping for our talk show. Mm -hmm. And we would watch him do that See, stuff all the time. I remember Maury Povich from Walnut Creek. 
That's where I remember Maury Povich from. Once you remember Maury, you never Dude, forget Taco it. Taco Bell, Diet Mountain Dew, you know. Maury Povich. You know. Um, Doomsday clock just moved 90 seconds. Jacob DeLambo Here said. we go. All right, let's do it. Well, this was let's our go. non-sports yeah, story of the day today. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake actually got, he got really upset with me before the show. Because I'm a guy that lives my life where I believe you have to live like every day is your last day on earth. You see, I'm a guy of simple taste. So you got to do you, right? And I admit that not every day do I do that. I don't. But I'm telling you now, most days I do. And did they move it 90 seconds? Is that true? I see the press conference on Twitter. They moved the they moved it up nine. The doomsday clock is ninety seconds to midnight. So just in case, that means that they. So wait, the Earth is now where our lives are supposedly ninety seconds in the wrong way. The, the hell closest does that mean? the closest it's ever been to annihilation. Main reason Russia. So if it gets to midnight, that means that death is imminent. So this group of people, by the way, is who does this. And Science and Security Board Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. It's 90 seconds to midnight. The Science and Security Board of Bulletin Atomic Scientists moves the hands of the doomsday clock forward largely because of the mounting dangers of the war in Ukraine. Yeah, because <clears throat> Buddy Pooty Pooty came out and said that they are not adverse to nuclear war. Right. So he came out and said that, which to me, I think you got to call his bluff on this one because I don't believe, Hey, maybe I'm naive. I'm no general. No, I'm probably, you know, an idiot who knows who the hell knows. Yeah. Well, I could have told you that, uh, you know, I just don't believe that, when you really get down to brass tacks and you're sitting there getting ready to hit the button, you're really going to kill millions of your own people over pride. You're really going to do that over a piece of land, essentially. Yeah. Right? And I get it. For them, for the Russians, it's more than a piece of land. I get that. I understand. For them, that's their thing. Yep. But I'm. you, don't, you do not want to pick a fight with our military you don't want to do that that is the end of you and the problem is when you get to that level of nukes it's the end of everybody but it's the conspiracy theories that vladimir putin is on his deathbed he is critically ill by some reports Mm -hmm. there are reports almost daily now that they are plotting an overthrow of his government and he is losing the war in ukraine badly now some things have shifted But he has said that he has no problem using nukes. I tend to agree with you. I really doubt that he would use nukes because I think it would mean the end of his people. And I think that rarely have we had the entire globe united against somebody. But, I mean, he's got a couple of allies, North Korea, Iran. The usual suspects. Yeah, but other than that, like the whole world is against this dude. So, you know, Eric says, I'm screwed. SoCal would definitely get nuke first. Well, I mean, there's a lot of military assets in Southern California. You know, I don't, to be honest with you, man, 
and and I'd have to do some more homework on this, but I don't think it it would ever get there. I don't think we'd ever get nuked because I think we have a robust defense system. I think that the U.S. Mm. for decades has been has been you know building and and I would hope I don't know for a fact, but I would hope and think that we've been building that defense system i know it exists i know that the nuclear defense system exists that's not yep. a secret yep but i think that you know i i just can't see it because i because think about how this would play out okay buddy launches his first nuke we launch two for every one he has because that's the rumored number that that's how many we have allegedly right so okay what then happens because this was the genesis of our conversation okay nuclear war breaks out Putin's launching his we're launching ours let's say none of them make landfall they all blow up in the sky right they all just blow each other up that's still bad news for everybody that's still nuclear winter that's still like hey you're in deep trouble here so the genesis of the conversation was you know living every day like it's your last day and and thinking forward and like you know what i mean like that was the conversation yeah i think that that would be a disaster I don't know what you would do. I think that you have, my guess is, this is just purely a guess. In my experience, look at North Korea. You know when somebody's ramping up for a nuclear strike. I think we would take action at the 11th hour and 59 minutes. I, I, I think the world would unite against him. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see because I also don't think nukes are the, the most dangerous thing that can be deployed. I mean, chemical weapons, like... I don't know. It's a scary thing to think about. It is absolutely, it is a terrifying thing to think about. Yeah. But yeah, the doomsday clock, which is a group of scientists and you know, this started back in the, the nuclear, the forties. Yeah. The nuclear days, but now it's, you know, it's climate change. Like yeah. all of the things that are impacting the world, they moved it 90 seconds from midnight. That's as close to doomsday as it's ever been. I hope we never get there. I love living. It just is what it is. Yeah. Macho man says EMPs. Yeah, dude. Another huge threat. The rails on the show are off. There you go. Hey, man, that's what the show is. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get, right? Like, but uh, do you, so let me ask you guys this, because I know we talk a lot about theology and life, and do you guys live your life with a sense of urgency? And, you know, Jake and I, again, this morning had a pretty serious conversation about this, because I, I do, right? I'm not the guy that just goes home and falls asleep on the couch generally. Um, you know, and this, this cold plunge, cold shower thing has really changed the way I do business now because I have a lot more energy. I'm not tired during the day. And so I'm able a lot more, I can get a lot more volume in during the day. But do you guys live your life with a sense of urgency? Do you ever think about what your life would be like? Like I saw a story last night laying in bed without a shirt on. I was reading, getting ready for the show. Mm -hmm. And I was reading a story about how this woman passed away at 68 years old. And somebody made a quote that she had lived a long, full life. I'm like, 68 years old is not old. Like, I don't want to die at 68. Mm -hmm. God damn, I'm almost 50. That's only 18 years. That's all I get to live, right? Like, I, so I'm taking all these cold showers and I only get 18 years, right? That's kind of how I, I look at it. Like, I believe you have to live your life. Oh, look at this. The Monty Ghost is in. Uh, enjoy your life while you can. Never know when it will end. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, Marby Dog says, uh, climate change equals you will eat bugs and be happy. Do you live your life with a sense of urgency? I mean, sometimes, probably inconsistently so. You know, sometimes yes, sometimes no. 
Yeah, I think I think that's a that comes with age. Because I think you realize like I've lived 50 years on this planet. And what have I really accomplished? Like if I died today, I wouldn't really have a legacy. Like that matters to me. Like I think about that. What would my legacy be if I died today? I get hit by a bus on the way home. What's my legacy? I don't know the answer to that. I do not know the answer to that. And it's terrifying to me. You know, like it is, it is one of those things, you know, like I, I really want to understand, you know, like w- what is, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Joshua says Monty is the shadow owner of Quick Quack Car Wash. Man, I wish. That would be amazing. Dude. That'd be printing money. If I, if I could own a car wash, it'd be a conveyor belt car wash and, ever, and, and I'd be doing as many muddy ducks as I could. Yeah, but they're just so expensive to build. I love Quick Quack Car Wash. Hook yeah, it up. Quick Quack's tell, awesome, dude. Tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Marby Dog, people dying way younger than 68 these days. And it's just such a short, you know, like a, 68 years is a short life. Yeah. I, I, I want to live to be 150, 200 years old. I hope by the time I'm dead, there is life-extending technology or oh, did, medicine. You, did you or, see that what came out? They've, they have now figured out how to repair your DNA so you don't age. That's what I'm talking. It's come. It, it. They've done it in rats. They haven't done it in humans yet. But they finally they broke through with rats, and they were able to successfully uh, reverse the aging process. Yeah. Uh, Eric C says uh, Jake looking at Monty when he says I have no legacy. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Jansen says if God forbid you passed away while the show is still running, would you want Jake to continue the show? I have no idea. I would want Jake to do what Jake wants to do. You know. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, whoever owns the quick quack in Centerville still needs to get them vacuums fixed. The mm-hmm. vacuums are amazing. I agree. That's a huge part of it. Ron Nolan. So you're so right. Sorry. Not, uh, Kai Bob Colob. Okay. You know, uh, Marby says rat DNA. What could go wrong? That's what I'm saying. But Three- I'm just saying that's a big step forward, bro. You figured out how to make it so a rat doesn't age. That's a big step. Well, forward. that's where everything starts in a yeah. laboratory. I mean, you, 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 you're talking about. Like injecting rats with cancer cells and figuring Ooh. out how to beat cancer, right? Injecting rats with this or that to figure it out. And I'm telling you guys, it, it, that was a huge step in the right direction. By the way, speaking of stupidity here on the Monty Show, can we talk about this, this professional slapping league? We need to talk about this because mm-hmm. I, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for my slapping video, Jake. It's a picture, not a video. Oh, it's a picture. Yeah. Okay. It's a couple of pictures, actually. Somebody needs to explain this to me. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, this dude's face exploded. Look at that. Are, you, are we seriously doing this now? Like, do you guys watch this stuff? I don't. I'm serious. Look at that guy's face. This is nothing more than YouTube or Instagram fodder, in my opinion. Like, you're okay, so let me get this right. You get 72 years to live on this earth, I think, is the median age of people who die. This is what you're doing with your face? Do you, like, do you enjoy watching those videos? No, I don't. It it's, weirds it's, me out. It's watching... Because all you're doing there is lining up to get a concussion. That's it. You're, That's you're, it. You're lining up to get, you know, to take That's the impact it. to your head. And that's it. So to me, it's like, yeah, dude, I guess if you want to do that, cool. But I'm not, I'm not here to get, I'm not here to go to sleep, dude. That's not what I'm doing. Marby dog says, is it an intramural league? Apparently. Yeah. I mean, play intramurals, brother. 
Yeah, I guess. It's a real thing. I'm not even joking. Like the professional slapping league, like, and it is a big deal. It, it is a big deal. And the, the thing that's hard for me is it's called the power slap league. <laughs> The Power Slap League. <laughs> and Dana White apparently is involved in the Power Slap League. Well, who'd have thought that Dana White would be involved in a league that's about slapping people? I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. And I don't understand why people are doing this. And they have like these slap fight championships. I, I love, you know what I love? It's in an octagon. I think that's hilarious, dude. I really, I, I, this is crazy. Like this dude's head that we showed you, this is a picture of his face. His head exploded when he got slapped. That, are, that's your, that's your face, bro. And it's, look, look at the guy, look, uh, them dudes is not, not strong. I'm never doing this and I'm never watching it. No, like can't do it, bro. It, 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 even and they use like the hand chalk and I don't understand it. I, and I don't like a get technique it. too. keep your chin down, you know, flex your neck as best you can. Like, dude, like this guy is twice your size, bro. It's twice your size and almost knocks him out. Yeah. And, and well, and that's the name of the game, right? Hey, Ugh. I'm going to slap dude as hard as I can. And it's whoever doesn't fall. You notice how they have their hands on the table. Yeah. The hands on the table thing is so that you, you, you can hold on. You don't block it. No, yeah. that you don't block. You don't try. No, but yes, yes. But also you notice when they start to fall over, they hold on to the table. Oh, my God. And then the watching the women do this. It's just, it's not for me, dude. I, I don't know why people do this. I really, I really don't know. And then what's funny to me is they got to switch sides that they're getting slapped on because it gets so freaking swollen that they can't even operate anymore. Like, I just don't get it. Buddy just slapped this guy and We're dude didn't even video, move, dude. Like, and he I just, laughed at him. I, it's, nah, yeah, bro. Dude, I, I'm not here for nah, it. Nah, bro. I, I can get down with respecting mixed martial arts. I can get down with that. It is a craft. It is. <laughs> it takes dedication, but this is kind of ridiculous. Will Smith started this. Yes, he did. Tyler P says, I can see this thing being a sequel to over-the-top movies. Remember over the top, the arm wrestling, Sylvester? You don't even know who Sylvester Stallone is. Please. Uh, Josh Mose says, I'm waiting for the spinoff Pimp Slap League. Yeah, oh, my come God. come on, dude. Come on, dude. Oh, my God. Come on. Richard Woe says, intercepted nukes are destroyed before they can explode. Hey, man, that'd be great. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, I thought they exploded. They don't explode at all if you intercept them? I don't... Um, I'd have to research that, but if that's true, that's great. I feel the same way about the UFC. Near uh, Roman Empire type brutality. Why watch and support that? There is a female version of it too. I don't. But 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 listen to me. Listen, hear me out. Mixed martial arts is different, okay? I understand there's a certain brutality to it, but just because you don't like the brutality of mixed martial arts does not mean that it's a bad sport. Mixed sure. martial arts is a craft. It is to be respected. It is, it is no different than being the best quarterback in the league or whatever, mm. right? Like, I don't think it's any different. These people are choosing to do that. This slapping thing to me, the only reason this slapping thing is different is because it's casual. It's two jamokes who put a shirt on and want to slap each other. They're not, they don't know how, they don't know Taekwondo. They don't know jujitsu. They don't know striking. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where I have an issue.
If you want to sign up to be a cage fighter and you want to learn how to grapple and wrestle and strike and all that good stuff, I'm down. I'm down with it. I don't like the brutality, but I could respect it. This is this is childish stuff here. Yeah, and this dude's getting his his face cut open. I can't watch it anymore. No. Nah. Homie, this is the first slap. His his cheek above his beard line now is sliced open. Yeah. From the power of the slap. Like I'm just I'm just not it. here for it. I I we preach grotesque violence in this society. Yeah. And I I I used to love UFC. I I was all about it. I can't do it anymore. Like I I just can't, especially the women's stuff. I I just can't I can't do it. I agree with Jake. MMA takes more skill and athleticism than most or all sports. Jansen said it does. It's a sport. There is a defense mechanism in it. You're gonna get knocked out. Yes, you are. Boxing, you're gonna get knocked out. Yes, you are. But I mean, you're not gonna take necessary damage in this stupid slapping league. All you're doing is getting your head ripped off. Yeah. And I and people are paying for that. I can't see paying for that. It's it's barbaric. I, I, the only reason I'm down with MMA is because MMA is not about getting knocked out per se. Like that happens, yes. And we all love the great finish and they get paid and I get yes. all that. But that's not what MMA is about. MMA is about who is better that night. Who like who is who is able to execute their craft at a higher level given the matchup. My problem with this slappingly crap is that there is no defense for it. Your defense is, hey, did you is your brain I able to that. handle the trauma or not? Like, like at least in MMA, I know, hey, oh, hey, I'm a striker. I'm not a grappler, but I'm but I'm but I'm going up against someone who has got more ground game than me. Well, better keep it off the ground, better keep it on the feet, right? Like the age old adage of how to win a fight. Like, I'm okay with that. But this slappingly stuff, I just don't like it, man. It feels it feels very schoolyard bro bravado thing you know what i mean like it just feels very like childish not professional esque and the idea that dana white's behind it is embarrassing as hell like that how are you i i just don't get it and by the way nothing has been done about dana white at least that i've seen so he's not gonna get punished for that <clears throat> yeah but i think people are still gonna keep talking about it yeah i don't know Anyway, all right, last topic of the day before we get out of here is Apple. It's National Macintosh Day. Yeah. I'm an Apple guy. Right. I I everything I do is on a on a Mac of some sort. And what's interesting is if you guys been following the layoffs, I don't know if you have or not. Look at the tech layoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay, look at the tech layoffs. And what do you what do you notice? What do you notice? about these layoffs. Well, in the bottom right corner, what do you see there? Apple hasn't done layoffs. Mm-hmm. What'd they do instead? Well, they but kept... he took a $50 million pay cut on his salary every year. Well, that's what they did. But look at, look at Alphabet in the top right corner, which is Google. They just laid off a ton of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Facebook.